Cool. Hey, hey. What is happening? Happy Friday. Welcome to Conjecture and Lecture. I'm your host, Brendan, with my co-host, Riley. And guys, we are so excited to be here tonight, as always. Uh, there's, well, actually, there's a lot of things I want to say. We're going to start out with uh, our nostalgia series. We have uh, basically a special episode dedicated just to Pokemon tonight, but we have a nostalgia series sort of idea in general. We want to talk about things like uh, nostalgic toys, nostalgic video games, movies, shows, uh, you know, styles of clothes and fashions, even books, and just kind of get into nostalgia as a whole. So, this is the first of many nostalgia episodes, and uh, Riley and I were just talking. It feels like a while since last Friday, dude. Yes, it does. It feels like it's just been a slog this week. Like I told you, it has been a week full of Mondays. <laughs> That's such a good expression, and to be honest, I don't know if I've ever heard it like that before, <laughs> uh, but I really like that expression a lot, and it's like uh, it's one I definitely want to use more. I felt like a lot of Mondays and Tuesdays yeah. until Friday, dude. Until, like Today felt like a Friday. And, and then it kind of flew by, and uh, I was like, wow, okay. It was right. my mantra. Yeah. Oh, like, man. Oh, it's Friday. No matter what happens... It's the weekend. Exactly. I was looking forward to the episode, like, literally since last Friday, but it after today rolled around, I was like, yes, we finally get to talk Pokemons. Finally, like, just get to talk in general. Amen. It is, it, we've been so busy, man. Dude, even though we uh, work in the same classroom, it literally <laughs> does not feel like I see you. Five minutes a Even day. though I came and bugged you in Fom's room today, like, it still didn't feel like I, you know, saw you. I don't I know. know. I know. Oh, man. So, you're doing well, though? I'm good. I'm hanging in there. Cool. I mean, yeah. both of us are busier now. I so. was going to say, uh, you know, uh, far, as far as our weekly check-ins go, you know, um, so Riley and I are both uh, not only high school teachers, in case you guys haven't listened to the last episodes, in the social studies realm, uh, but we also just started winter sports. Yep. In the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> so things are a little stressful. Things are a little different. But, uh, you know, I will say the the girls basketball coach came up to me yesterday and was like, you know, dude, like the whole school year has been kind of depressing. You know, we see masks all the time. 50% population. It, there's just like everything just seems extra moody. Mm -hmm. And like this week with winter sports starting, like I have seen more smiles Oh, well, he said he'd seen more smiles this week than the whole entire school year. And once he said it, I realized, damn, you're right. Like, obviously, you know, kids had their masks off while they're working out. But, like, in general, there's just a happier spirit. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, I mean, Riley, you coach wrestling? Yeah. How's that going, dude? Tell me about, like, your day-to-day. -day. What's I the mean, practices like? It is fantastic. I'm just so happy to be back in a wrestling room. Mm -hmm. And, like, one of the things that I love about – the wrestling program at the school that we're at is the fact that it is structured so different from the wrestling room that I had grown up in. And like, is this, uh, you mean in terms of the way workouts are conducted or just like you, we have a better space or more dedicated space? Oh, it's space? way better now. It's way better. Um, I mean, my, my school and, and the wrestling program that I was a part of when I was growing up was mm -hmm. very, very dedicated, but, um, it definitely did not have the level of technique that this current program has, which I love. Do 
do you think that's like part of the culture of wrestling over time though? Like it's been a while since you've wrestled, you know, you graduated what, five years ago? Yeah. So it's been a little while. Is that kind of what things were trending towards more technical things, better well, uh, workouts, or is it just that, you know, that our head coach is just the boss cause he's been doing it for 20 years. I think it's probably the fact just that the, the program coach is the incredible program. because I wrestled all through college too. Like with the mixed oh, martial arts. Yeah. With the mixed martial oh, arts club. I didn't, yeah. I didn't think about that. I thought it was just high school. Sorry. Yeah, no, no. I mean, it's been something that I've done for a very, very long time. So mm-hmm. it, it's just, there are so many different forms of wrestling. And I feel like the school and the program that I grew up in was so like, they call it folk style. And then this program is very freestyle based. And which is what I like coming from a jujitsu pers- perspective as mm-hmm. well. And it is fantastic. That's cool. Love it. Is that uh, changed from from state to state, or is that actually like the regulation? Well, that's a that's like regulation. You have three different types of wrestling. You have folk style, freestyle, and Greco. And uh, I was very very traditional, so we're folk style to like a T. Oh, so from uh, you know youth all the way up through college. Yeah, yeah. It's it's primarily focused on folk style. I wonder is is rural Nebraska also like that? Do you I know? would think so. Um, because at the state level, it has to be unified, right? Yeah. Well, okay. in in high school wrestling, it's typically folk style um, because freestyle has different ways of scoring points and stuff like that. So it does differ a little bit. Okay. Um, but we have folk style rules. I just like that in this program we use freestyle moves. So it's a lot more like technical it's quicker you have to think on your feet like all the time yeah um i don't know it's just it's it's awesome I that is it. cool that's it. way cool dude. And, and how's it going for you uh it's going well so yeah i coach swimming yeah. uh it's my sixth year uh, at the high school level i've been coaching swimming though for a while i did a rec league um and i've been swimming pretty much since i was like in seventh grade and the reason i asked uh about the the technical th- stuff is because I think we any coach and anybody who's been involved with athletics in the United States for a while kind of realizes that sports are athletes, but also sports are trending towards the technicalities. Because it seems like we've basically, all of the records that humans have had, like the raw talent side of stuff is kind of over. Mm-hmm. You know, So now everybody with the raw talent is still showing up. But in order to have that edge, it all comes down to skill and discipline and technique. Mm-hmm. Um, so much so that now we're having a lot more single sport athletes. Oh, for sure. Um, and this is, I think, even within the last 10 years, you know, we have these these athletes that are only club athletes. And then they do their high school season, but they focus on one sport. Right. Um, for better or worse, you know, there's pros and cons to both. I mm-hmm. like you know, as somebody who did multiple sports, I'm biased. I think that people should sort of get their feet wet with multiple, I agree. Uh, you know, disciplines, uh, yeah. uh, whether that's, you know, I guess I, I did uh, swimming. I, I tried doing basketball when I was younger. I didn't really uh, like that too much. So that's actually what pushed me towards swimming. Um, but I did soccer. Uh, I, I did track. And then I really loved rugby. I did rugby for a handful of times. Oh, we still yeah. got to have a rugby episode. Oh, man. I would love to. I would um, love to. But yeah, you know, I just so whenever I hear my students say, "Oh, I only swim," mm-hmm. man, you're kind of missing out on some stuff. Like, oh, for sure. Like, yeah, swimming culture is fun, but anyways, so yeah, I mean, as far as regulations and all that with the COVID stuff this year, it's been 
it's been nice that we've been coaching. Um, it's been, but there's also some hurdles. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's the thing. And like when every single day you think like, oh shit, is the season going to be canceled tomorrow? It's, it's hard to be motivated. Yeah. Because I'm like, damn, I'm putting in so much work and I'm already pushing them so hard. Like the last two practices have been tough. Mm-hmm. Like brutal. <laughs> and They need that, man. They need it. I mean, but we have some kids that haven't swam since state and then we have some other club athletes. So like we just kind of kind of rip them all down and be like, okay, this is, we all got to start at the same place. Yeah. So if you've been swimming, this is probably going to be easier, but still tough. If you haven't been swimming for a while, this is going to be a little bit of hell for a yeah, while. Yeah, you better get your ass yeah, in shape. You'll get yeah. your ass in shape quick. <laughs> uh, so, you know, we're busting our ass, and what if, yeah, what if after Thanksgiving they're like, well, you know, it, it, here, here's the thing, and this is why I think that we should, you know, uh, consider maybe dialing it back, even as a coach, is that when you look at the schools uh, in states that are closing, they're at like a 3 to 10% like positivity yeah. rate, and we're at like, Fucking 30%. And climbing. So, you know, when we have 3,400 cases a day in Douglas County, I'm like, uh, you know, guys, <laughs> I'm sorry, seniors, but, like, maybe we should think about this. <laughs> like, you know, we just got the email today that was like, okay, you can have two spectators per event. I'm like, wow. well... If you got a team, you know, if, if, it's, a, if it's a swim invite, uh-huh. you have eight teams... And you got 30 kids per team. That's a mass gathering. Oh, for sure. Same deal with wrestling tournaments. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. So I'm just like, I mean, I'll show up and coach, but like, I still keep getting this weird anxiety. I'm like, oh, dude, my throat kind of hurts. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I feel like everybody's falling into that stage where like we're all kind of hypochondriacs. It's so high. Yeah. yeah the, the, uh, the, the, the spread is so high right now. Like in the summer, I was like, yeah, whatever. You know, it's, it's chill. I can still go into Walmart. I mean, uh, I'll wear a mask, whatever. But like I was relaxed about it. I was yeah. like, you know, it'll be cool. And now I'm like, damn it, dude. Like, so many people I know are getting it. Like, my sister, uh, she cuts hair at a little salon here. She's like, yeah, two people in my uh, salon got it. And so I had to go test. We had to quarantine. Uh, One of my buddies that works at uh, UP, some people that he worked with got it. So he actually tested negative, but he still had to quarantine. Dude, I had a kid leave my class midway through class, and he's like, oh, shit. He's like, "Uh, I just had a buddy that I was hanging out with yesterday, and he's like, he just tested positive. I got to go get tested. I was like, get your ass out of here. Dude, go get that's tested. what happened with – that's exactly what happened with uh, a couple of our swimmers. Really? Like the first the first week we have three swimmers with potential positives, dude, because uh, of people in their class. Because our policy right now, which what the fuck, is you can only swim or do a sport if you actually – go to school right now. Mm -hmm. So like the virtual learner kids can't do athletics. So at the end of the day, we have kids that are coming to school just to swim or just to do their sport. Mm -hmm. And they're putting themselves at risk to get the virus because they're mixing with other people. So anyways, uh, in multiple of these kids classes, there's been kids that have had it and now they can't swim for a little while. God. It's like so they're going to be out for two weeks, and anyways, it's just a it's a mess. It's a bummer for the kids. It's a super bummer. Yeah. You know, I had to go to our athletic director today and be like, "So what is the plan if one of these kids come back positive? Because we've been practicing together for a week." Yeah, and they were like, "Well, 
we'll figure that out when we get there. <laughs> I'm <laughs> like, like uh, well, does that mean their whole lane quarantines? Does that mean, you know, so it is what it is. And, uh, you know, I love our athletic director. I love all of our athletic programs. But at the same time, I'm like, dude, is this? What are we doing? Yeah, I know. <laughs> what, are <we> doing? <laughs> what are we doing? And you know, the worst part is when people ask me, like, what do you think about it all? Oh, like, God, I know. Don't ask me. I don't even know what is happening right now. I know. I know. It's so hectic, and it changes on a day-to-day basis that I just don't even want to say anything. Oh, my gosh. Well, speaking of day-to-day basis, our, where our JV is supposed to practice has been shut down for three days in a row because the, the people that – run it are too negligent to get the pool operational and like i wish the only the only option that i have to like stick with the district and like uh, i feel like do really a lot of good things Mm -hmm. is become the the district pool guy (laughs) that would be awesome and go around and make sure that every single pool is top notch super clean if there's an emergency, I'm on call. I go, I show up, I make sure everything's good. I, you know, make sure that the, the chemicals are balanced, the water is good temperature, and I just keep everybody happy. Mm-hmm. Because, dude, pools are a community asset. Yeah, for sure. And when people can't run a pool and when teams can't practice, the amount of like breakdown that that causes all the way up the ladder <laughs> from like the kids having to find rides to us having to explain to parents why the kids don't have a place to practice to us having to accommodate and ha- you know cut varsity time so that the JV can get some time and like it's just a mess I'm just like, if you guys knew how to run a pool, none of this would be happening right Man, now. Man, you are just an aquatic bureaucrat. Oh, I've thought too much about it. I've thought too much about it. But I love the title. I love that title. I'll wear that badge. I'll just... Uh, I'd, uh, I'm the pool guy. Yeah, I'm the pool guy, bitch. <laughs> Move so aside. Funny. Let me take care of this. Oh, that is Water so clarity unqualified. <laughs> Wow. Well, dude, I'm glad that you're doing well. Yeah. That's a good little check in there. That's how long, I mean, it felt like I, that's just stuff we've just needed to say to each other for for a week. It's been building up. Um, So that said, again, this is conjecture and lecture. I need to just pause for a second and just say thank you to all of our listeners. Yeah. Um, You know, uh, and if you guys haven't gotten in touch with us on social media or email, like I said, or like we've said in the past, sorry, uh, our email is uh, conjectureandlecture at gmail.com. And then we are on Facebook and Instagram at conjectureandlecture. I mean, we noticed on our uh, on our data that we have some international listeners. We do. So this is like super exciting that, you know, we're on episode eight and there are people that are finding it. Yeah. I'm not sure how. I don't know. I don't know. But Germany, Spain, Belgium. Yeah, I think we had an England one. Yeah. But, I mean, guys, please share with your friends. I mean, if there's, uh, we and not only that, like I said, get in touch with us. Yeah. We want to interact with you guys. Yeah. We want to say what's up. Uh, we want you guys to comment on the music that we share. We want you guys to take our jokes that we share with you guys to work. Yes. I mean, there's there's so much potential for community here. So, yeah, I love it. I love that. So I just wanted to say thanks to the listeners. I agree. It just makes me giddy. Yeah, exactly. It. it makes me excited. I mean, obviously, I'm excited to hang out with you. Yeah. But just that I know that other people are like, 
what 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 did Brendan and Riley do last time they hung out? Like, what did they talk about? Yeah, just to connect with other people is so much fun. Hell yeah, so, yeah! Thank you so much. And you know, guys, if you have suggestions for uh, conversations, or if there's something that you're an expert on, and and you'd like to join in on a conversation, we can maybe make that work. So, like I said, get in touch. We'll figure something out. Absolutely. Oh man! All right. Well, as always, uh, before we even get into the main soup de jour. <laughs> We have some music and jokes for you guys. Um, so, Riley, dude, kick it off with uh, your song for the night. We have it queued up here, but uh, tell me about what you have. I okay. don't even know anything. Cool, man. Uh, I got a song called Celebrity Reduction Prayer by a rapper who I believe he was originally from Chicago. Uh, his name's Open Mike Eagle. But he's also a comedian, and he's also a uh, spoken word poet, and he's phenomenal at what he does he is an absolute wordsmith um and he's funny as shit so like i highly recommend this rapper to anybody even if you're not like into hip-hop it's so like relaxing to listen to he's poetic um i don't listen to a lot of hip-hop i grew up on hip-hop like i listened to a lot of wu-tang clan um before your metal phase? Yes, before my metal phase. Right. MF Doom, like, it was because of the Tony Hawk games. I would listen to 90s hip-hop, and I'd listen to metal mm -hmm. and hardcore punk. And yep. then, um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I'm back in a hip-hop phase right now. I cannot stop listening to it, but this is one of my favorite You have yet to dip your toes in the old electronics. Yes, I'm still getting there. <laughs> yeah. I listened to Tipper earlier this week, and I've been listening to Aphex Twin yeah. here and there, and like I'm like, ooh, this is nice. Yeah. I love Aphex Twin. We'll have to get into that. <laughs> um, but this is a song, uh, the thing that I want you to listen for the most is just listen to the lyrics. Um, it is so humbling, and it's funny. Um, so I, I just encourage everybody to just enjoy the mood of the song, um, and, and really listen for the lyrics. Like he, he's pretty, he's pretty articulate. He's pretty clear though, but he's a very, very, very intelligent man. You can tell. And he's funny as hell. Amen. So. All right. What was the song and the artist one more time? The song is Celebrity Reduction Prayer by Open Mike Eagle. All right. Of my judgments, I'll build you up in my head. This is my prayer for your production. You're not my aunt, uncle, or cousin, not your nephew, but your husband. You think just cause you buzzing, you got license, but you doesn't. I hugged you like a glowworm. Come down now, cause it's your turn. I ain't got nothing but time. I like that long haul to that slow burn. I did too much of my homework, held my confidence with this research. I put people on pedestals, egos, reaction is knee jerk. I'm trying to work on my it's not all roses and peaches, it's no secret. I found myself in a funk for a whole weekend. Overeat mail failures and DMs. Did they get that shit? Should I resend? What should I do when I see them? Talk all soft and passive like Cleveland. Even wise men can go mindless. Voluntarily rocking them blinders. It generates all the shyness. Calling some other human your highness. They forgot about when they punch clocks. Were Capri Suns in their lunchbox. Bad hair cut with them sunspots. Drank fruit punch and wore dumb socks. Yeah.
this first time is a warning the next move is suspension got my own lapses in thinking my processes are stinking you're not gandhi you're not yoda you're not president lincoln give a fuck if you was oprah will blitzer or al roca if you try to put yourself over i'll laugh at you like the joker this hell fight is my culture could magic all the needs cold words i'm you with the slogan put enough members instead of these posters watch me smash all of these idols got my own heavyweight title there's no upper tier we're all peers unless y'all want to be rivals dallas just a foundation wrapped in festivals and in basements if i ever lost my head i got good friends to replace it gives a fuck if you want song i love it so good no that was perfect i'm glad you showed me um and i'm really glad you brought some hip-hop yeah because i do love rap like i love rap i love hip-hop it's got a special place in my heart Mm -hmm. but i don't i i mean i don't even listen to it once every two weeks like it's really rare but when i when i feel like it there's nothing else that can satisfy me. oh and i get stuck in it yep big time so you uh you asked us to listen to the lyrics yeah you mentioned the word mood before yeah. that song has a mood. Like to me, that song is either like sunny 75 degrees with the windows down cruising or rainy driving slow in traffic. Wow. I couldn't agree more. Like Absolutely. that's like the visualizations I was having, but I loved it. And like, or it could be like if I had my own weather channel, like uh-huh. that would be like my weather channel music. <laughs> I do like that backing. That, yeah, I love that, like the backing track with the uh, the bass that kind of wraps you up and just it's a warm, it's a warm bass and it's full mm-hmm. and it just a whole song. That and hum is, mm-hmm, is it, I just love it. It's there uh, with the electric piano just kind of accenting it, uh, and then whatever the heck that. It was like I think it was a synth, but it had sort of a guitar like yeah sound, uh, and all three of those things just sounded really good together. 
Um, but it made me think about a couple of things and the things I like about hip hop and rap in general. Um, first of all, I have a deep appreciation. You said, you know, the word wordsmith earlier. Mm -hmm. I have a deep appreciation for anybody that can rap because I think if you, if you don't, then you need to try rapping. Yeah. Like or that, writing that, lyrics. Exactly. That was my second point. Yeah. Uh, is that if, if you don't think rapping is, you know, all that or something to be, you know, really touting if you're that good at it, like for the people that are, you know, the greats, the people that have been renowned and successful and, you know, our top 100 rapper artists and all that, like it, first of all, the, the rhythmicity. I was just about to mention that. Of the voice. Yeah. But then that coupled with the lyricism mm -hmm. and the... It just that that's the art, you know. The beats are generally they can be complex, but if I were to generalize, they're simple, and that that's what really pulls at my you know soul or heartstrings when it comes to hip hop or rap is that the rhythmicity and the lyrics that that go hand in hand with each other. Um, it's just a it's a talent that I don't have. And yeah. I, I appreciate it. Same, same. Absolutely. And like, especially a song like that one where the lyrics are very focused on like, I mean, it's called celebrity reduction play, pray, prayer, excuse me. It, the way that it like takes people off of a pedestal. I really, really like that. Were like, they saying fuck American religion? No, it's a prayer for the American religion. And okay. he's saying that the American religion is like worshiping celebrities. Um, one of my favorite lyrics from that is when he says, who gives a fuck if you're on TV, you still poop and you still pee pee. You sat down and got started not knowing there wasn't no TP. You got up and then waddled that shit might happen tomorrow. Because wow. I'm like, damn. If That's you think so about good. it, <laughs> there are celebrities out there that are, you know. Having uh, dropping some kids off at the pool for lack of a better term. Yeah, that's a good term. And but yeah, it's 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 interesting. You know, we we do put them up on a pedestal. It's almost like I don't know if you remember back in the day, like every guy has this realization where you're like, wait, girls poop too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. it's still a joke. It's still a joke yeah, among guys. Time. Like you know, oh, they don't poop, <laughs> but like you know, it's just like yeah, they do too. You know, like there is that's a funny ongoing thing but even for celebrities you know or like the presidents like you yeah know, trump takes a shit just <laughs> yeah. as much as every you know yeah, we do yeah. exactly Probably more based on his stress Jesus. <laughs> and his diet for that yeah oh, mickey days <laughs> <laughs> oh man anyways uh yeah dude i really appreciate that song i want to bring some hip-hop too i uh i was having a really hard time picking a song for this week mm -hmm. um because I didn't know if I wanted it to fit our nostalgia theme. Right. Um, you know, and so that could have been in an electronic sense or like doing some vaporwave stuff or just a song that made me nostalgic about something. Um, but then when I, you told me that you were going to do hip hop, it like confirmed to me that, you know what, dude, like I'm just going to play the one that I've been excited about this week. Mm -hmm. um, so the song I have uh, this week is a is a local native song. Do you know them at all? I've heard of them. Yeah, so um, it's called, uh, sorry, I'm upside down. <laughs> it's called When Am I Going to Lose You by Local Natives. And um, I'm, I think anybody that's into music has had this happen before. Maybe you have. I don't want to speak for you. But so one of my buddies showed me this band like a long time ago. And Maybe it was just, like, their first or second album or whatever, but he showed me them, and I was like, yeah, they're good, but, like, 
I don't really want to listen to them more. Uh-huh. Like, you know, I, they're not bad. And then I, you know, they came on my Discover on Spotify or they came on something and I was like, damn, who's this? <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I was listening to it without like, criti- like I was just like listening. You mm-hmm. know, I wasn't criticizing. I wasn't in a mood, you know, because whenever somebody says, here, I have this song I want you to listen to, you automatically are like, okay, I'm going to critique it. Like, yeah. Big time. Anybody that's an audiophile and anybody that's as into music as we are is like, okay, like, what do you got? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm judging you for showing me right yes, now. Yes, exactly. You know? Like, there's a total, like, disclaimer, you know? Uh, and so whenever something comes on, like a, a, a Discover Radio or, like, you know, a music related to, whether you're on Pandora or Spotify or, um, you know, any other music streaming app, mm-hmm. Sometimes when you're not expecting it and you're listening to it, has that ever happened to oh, you? Oh yeah, you look down and you're like, oh shit, like this yeah. is the same band that like somebody showed me, and I was like, I didn't really dig them, but now I'm like, oh yeah, this band's sick. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. It's a weird phenomenon. But <laughs> anyways, I think a lot of it just has to do with state of mind, set and setting. It's a set and setting thing. Oh, it is. You know, and then when you hear the right song in the right place or the right context, you're like, you know what? Actually, that is good. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, anyways, uh, like I said, the song is called um, uh, "When Am I When Am I Gonna Lose You" by Local Natives. It's it's honestly been blowing up. It's a, a relatively popular song, um, but it is just a really positive sounding jam. It's really fun. Um, the chorus is catchy, and uh, I just I I can't get enough of it. So, here here I go.
Alright. Nice. <laughs> like I said, that song was called When Am I Gonna Lose by Local Natives. I like it. Yeah. I, I it's one of those songs. It's a good it's a good on the way to work song. Yeah. Oh yeah. That would <laughs> definitely get me pepped up. Yeah, it's just it has a really positive vibe. Yeah, well that's actually something that I wrote down was that it has like a really um poppy chorus. Mm-hmm. And like typically I do not like poppy choruses, but it's like that's one of those songs where you're like listening to it and then it's like I'm looking forward to the yeah. chorus. Yeah, exactly. It's and then, set up so right. There's such a good tension and release. Oh, it's wonderful. And then they hit you with like there's like on the after the first chorus, the first um, belting of the chorus, whatever you want to say, yeah, there's a little guitar riff, and it's just like four notes, and it's like perfect. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. No, the guitar tone in that song, mm-hmm. I love. I love the tone of the vocals, and like in that whole album, it sounds kind of similar, but uh, the drums in that also sound really poppy and snappy and present. And there's some good fills, too. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. It's just, I I always, uh, as somebody who's kind of a one-man band, I love to jam with friends. I Mm -hmm. love to jam with friends, but nobody has the time. Exactly, That's the main thing. Like, I feel like nobody has the time to be a band. Right. So I appreciate so much the band element of making music. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, my gosh, like guitar, bass, drums, vocals, sometimes another guitar. Like, I love that. Yeah, I I I agree. I love that. There's something so spiritual and magical and human connection. uh, I don't even know. It's There's something so cool about bands, music groups. Yeah. Orchestras, I don't give a shit. Like, just multiple people. Yeah. Connecting on that level and making it sound tight and yeah. everybody's in sync. Oh, it's I beautiful. love it. So, anyways, I mean, that I have kind of a guilty pleasure for that myself. Um, but that song is just catchy AF. Yeah, I really, really. <laughs> it like just it. gets in my head. And uh, any song that's an earworm, you know, I'm 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 bound to get stuck on it. Uh, and like I said, it's it's a pretty popular one. Um, so I'm glad you liked it. Yeah. Well, the the last thing that I'll say is like the the vocalists range. He's, like, really high up there the entire time. I actually really like that. Mm-hmm. The only other vocalist that I can think of that I, like, really, really like when they go high is uh, Mike Patton of Mr. Bungle and Faith No that. More. Huh. Oh, he's got the world record for the greatest vocal range. He can go the lowest, and he can go the highest. What's his name? Mike Patton. Does he have some, like, funny videos or something? I can uh, see that. Well, weird. he's just wild on stage. Like, I'll, I'll have to send you some videos. Okay. Mr. Bungle or Faith No More. If you listen to Faith No More, mm. you'll be like, damn, I've heard this song before. But Mr. Bungle is huh. where he really shines. Okay. Yeah, I'll have to check him out. Um, but I, I'll show you D-Way when it comes to high-pitched vocals. I think there's some really talented, especially male artists that just have, like, they have a range in the upper range where it just, like, it sounds, it sounds, it's not feminine, but like I don't know how to explain it. It's it's inter- you know you know what I mean. It's just different. Yeah. It's like there's a different passion behind it than yeah. like a, a deeper vocal. But then you know when you listen to uh, music that has female vocals, I love the quality. Yeah. So oh my whenever gosh, I'm using yeah. samples, like female vocals are so gorgeous. Yeah. Like it, I don't really describe my. A guy like, oh, that guy sounds gorgeous. No. Sometimes it sounds kind of shrill, too. It can. It can. It can sound harsher. It can sound angry. You know, like when a girl tries to sound, not tries, but girls can be angry on on stage Uh and they can present and have like angrier, more angry toned music. Um, 
but there's something about the female voice that's just so yeah delicate and refined and pretty uh, yeah when you absolutely. hear it sung and guys can't do it oh yeah I can so even that. guys that sing high pitch it's not the same but there is a certain element that's cool to it yeah so I uh, yeah if you, if you don't if you don't typically like it I want to show you more in that vein I'll well, I will I'll have to write that down ears. amen I hope hopefully you guys like those songs that was our music segment uh, and so we we got a couple of jokes for you guys uh, honestly dude did you get a word of the day I didn't I <laughs> oh, all about damn. That. it's okay we'll make it up to you guys next week with two okay with two yeah uh, I'll, I'll get one and Riley will get one and it will whatever oh you know what we got to well next week is TBD. As far as the topic, so anyway, stay tuned. <laughs> I was going to say, we don't want to get too, uh, our seeds planted too far yet, but we'll bring you two words next week. But as far as jokes go, we got some jokes for you. So uh, let me get some, uh, let me get mine pulled up here. Riley, you got, what's yours? <laughs> okay. I only got one today, so I know you have a, a couple loaded up, but I only got one. Um, <laughs> I put a mood ring on my penis and it turned purple. The ring, however, turned orange. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, what does that mean? <laughs> it actually means stressed out. Oh, my gosh. That's good. That's good. I'm stressed. <laughs> hey, man, can you like take this thing off? <laughs> it's a little tight. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so uh, I got one. I'm not calling you a slut. I'm calling you a penny. Two-faced, worthless, and in everyone's pants. Ooh, ooh, that's just a good dig at somebody. Life is like a penis. Women make it hard for no reason. (laughs) Anyways, yeah, those are my jokes. (laughs) A couple of penis jokes for you there. Yeah, a couple of, yeah. I mean, I said I had to go back to some of the dirty jokes. So, anyways. Penis jokes yeah. are always funny. They are. They are. There's something about them. Uh, I don't know. Dicks. <laughs> so, uh, like we said, this is our nostalgia series, guys. Uh, we have a whole bunch of of elements to this. Yeah, for sure. Like Riley, Riley, what were some of your ideas for our nostalgia series? Um, Well, like toys, growing up with, with different types of toys. So, like, whether that's action figures or Lego or uh, video games or snacks you used to eat as a kid. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, TV shows, uh, Dragon Ball Z, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. There's a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, yeah. old comics. Oh, old, oh God, old, yeah. Just funny movies. Goosebumps. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's a nostalgia plucker right there, oh, dude. Time. That that's a that one that one hits a deep vein. Same, same. Speaking of deep veins, uh, I think we should try to to maybe define or like talk about nostalgia before we dive into Pokemon, because since nostalgia is a concept or an idea that we'd like to revisit and like just entertain yeah. throughout, you know, the podcast. Um, how how would you describe it? Like, what what? How would you? Um, well, there's a certain feeling you get when something is nostalgic to you. Like, you know how when you get deja vu, you're kind of confused. You're like, where did I get this? Yeah. But with nostalgia, it's like you get almost like the same feeling where you're like, wow, I've seen this before, but it's familiar and it feels good. It doesn't feel confusing. At all. It feels good. Yeah. Yes. Really good. And if you like, you feel like you have like a warm hug. I don't know. The sense. Agreed. The sense of being a kid again. It feels wonderful. Uh, is that what it is? 
I don't think so. By I think definition. maybe I wonder if that's what it is for us mm-hmm. because we're younger, mm-hmm. uh, and so like what we're nostalgic about is times when we were kids, and I would still say high schoolers are kids, no doubt. Yeah. Um, but like I wonder if like people our parents' age, if they get nostalgic about like when they were. You know, thirty. Oh, I bet they do. You I know? mean, I get I get nostalgic about college sometimes. Oh, damn, for yeah, sure, dude, all the time. But uh, so it's not necessarily like all. I don't think it's all this kid aspect. But like, as far as the toys and the movies and all that, that's totally that. Yeah, totally. Well, I guess just the sense of being a kid again because it felt like maybe you think back and you're like, those are better times. I don't know when I Amen. when I associate. Being stress free, I just immediately think when I was a kid because yeah. of course I was stressed in college, but at the same time, it just feels like. Well, that's actually uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about with nostalgia was um, how it's kind of like a drug. Um, you know, we already mentioned that it kind of makes you feel good. It makes you feel warm and cozy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it makes you sort of think about things, uh, you know, that just kind of gets you, gets you off pondering about times of the past. Um, but it, there is like a marketing game. Like, I think on social media is where you see it a lot. Like, oh, yeah, for sure. With like filters. Um, and, and there's also a marketing of uh, a marketing... For a time we didn't know. Oh my gosh, yes. Um, you know, a lot of the people that are the most into social media are marketed 90s fashion and 90s stuff. And if you ask, like, your students what time period would be the coolest to live in, they almost resoundingly will say the 90s. Really? I guess. Guarantee it. 90s or 70s. Okay, I always get 70s. 90s always or 70s. Them. Okay, that's interesting. But they have this nostalgia for a time that they didn't even know. Well, I mean, that's the whole thing when you get kids that say stuff like, I was born in the wrong generation. It's like, stop. <laughs> that drives yeah. me nuts. Um, but I mean, like, even like Netflix and stuff like that has done that. I mean, uh, coming out with Stranger Things and how it was like all based in the 80s and everything like that. And then they made it super 80s and all this other stuff. So this this concept of, of marketing nostalgia is a very, very real thing. But um, I do kind of want to touch on the fact that you said, you know, it's it's almost like a drug. Well, there's a reason we call it a nostalgia trip. You know? Oh, yeah, I guess. I didn't even think about that. Like, And that's when you get, you know, uh, hit deep with it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And, like, you do get this feeling where you're like, wow, I'm on, like, a like a kick right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, the nostalgia kick, I think, mostly comes from, um, uh, I, I don't even know how to explain it. What is it? Um, I guess... Do you think it would be like missing, like missing the past? Almost. So it's almost like you're trying to get involved in uh, watching movies or play a video game or read a book that like sort of fulfills that longing. Yeah, but at the same time, it feels like giddy, you know? Yeah, and uh, uh, so I guess that's a good segue to Pokemon because it literally hits all of those boxes dude right. like it makes me feel giddy it makes me miss my childhood yeah it hits all those notches of 
of nostalgia. And if we think about like our series, like there was a TV show, there were cards, there were Burger King Happy Meal toys, <laughs> there were movies, there were, you know, obviously video games. Oh, like, yeah. yeah. Like literally talk about like things to be nostalgic about. It w- They penetrated every single possible place. Yeah. Well, I mean, for example, this is where I do get like a legitimate sense of being a kid again, especially because like if you even know anything about Pokemon when you're looking at like either the TV show or the video games specifically it's always like a young kid going on this big adventure um, like where where you know you have your mom in the game you have your friends and stuff like that and it's like all right here you are you're 12 years old yep. or you're 14 and it's off like, on an adventure yeah and it's like damn I feel like a kid yeah and the, well there's that and then like the adventure sense is when I was younger like I remember being like, damn, I wish I could just go on an adventure all oh around God, the goddamn yeah. continent and like, <laughs> yeah, or the city sure. or whatever, uh, you know, and obviously go around your hood or whatever. But there's just a total difference when like you're in the, the Pokemon, you're like actually going on a full-blown adventure. And Zelda did that too. Oh, big time. Because um, it was one of those RPGs. You know, Mario is, is cool, but it was always kind of like corny. And the guy and has like, a mustache. But like. there's something more like imaginative about Pokemon. It's deep. Yeah. It's way deeper yeah, than yeah. Super Mario. Mario, like way deeper. Well, because dude. Super Mario is not immersive whatsoever. Like nobody plays Super Mario and they're like, I have become the mustached plumber, you know? Yeah. But like when you play Pokemon, you're like, damn, I'm in a new world. I'm the trainer. Yes. And I'm surrounded by everything. And it's like, you are like the chosen one. You're the one who's supposed to be the Pokemon master and all yeah. this stuff like that. And, it's and, like, and you always become it. Yeah, exactly. And it doesn't get old. Exactly. And you're because like, you keep playing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're completely enveloped in this world. Yeah. It is, uh, it's it's incredible. Another thing I had written down about nostalgia, and it relates directly to Pokemon, is you know, do we all experience or feel it the same? Mm-hmm. And you know, we could say that about anything we're nostalgic about. And I think there is a certain universal element, whether it's the colors or the fashion or the music, where it, it uh, enough people feel at least. Uh, to a certain degree the same way, mm-hmm. which is why they use it in like commercials or in, you know, things for filters or, or whatever. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, for something like Pokemon, I think enough people do experience it the same way. Oh yeah. That it becomes like this shared passion mm-hmm. that is like when you find out that somebody else is into Pokemon, like it's, you're like instantly like, oh, fuck yeah, dude. That's yeah. awesome. Me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like a bonding experience. It is. It, this sounds Because so, it's so deep. Yeah, this sounds corny as fuck, but this is the first thing that comes to mind. We just talked about the adventure aspect of it, and it's like every generation that came out, we were going on new adventures. And then like you meet somebody else who has gone through that too, and you're like, damn, we're a couple of adventurers. Yeah, we're a couple of we've Pokemon been through masters. like eight generations of some really cool adventures. Exactly. We both shiny grinded. We both, you know, tried the down B trick to catch the Oh the my God, that's a totally <laughs> thing I didn't even write down. That's hilarious. And that one literally is like, oh, I remember th- thinking that worked. I remember yeah. like, it's yeah. like, it's almost like those things you tell people just to fuck with them. <laughs> Dude, but, I remember going to school and people were like, down B. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, I I still sometimes do it if I'm feeling like, oh, it'll do it. Oh, I still do and it. And then sometimes yeah. it does, and I'm like, I knew it. I knew it. 
Oh my god, that is so good. That is so good. Oh my gosh, there's so much to say about it. Okay, yeah. so uh, guys, we have kind of a whole list here. I mean, so like I said, we, like we've said, Pokemon is the first of a number of nostalgia. Si- events or things that we want to tap into um but riley and i one day i don't even i don't remember how it came up um yeah i do how okay uh the first day that i went to central was the it was the first day that i met Mm -hmm. you actually i walked into your room and i looked on top of your promethean board and you had your uh charizard (laughs) uh or venusaur and and blastoise figurines on top of there and i was like oh shit i was like oh boy he's one of them yeah and i was like (laughs) i was like dude sick pokemon and then like we never talked about it because then i i remember going home though and i was thinking like damn is he like actually into pokemon or is he one of those people that's like yeah i played it when i was a kid i really enjoyed it and it just left a good effect on me then i started seeing stickers of pokemon around your room and i was like my man yeah he's deep (laughs) yes yes because i i have been absolutely up to my neck in pokemon since i was a kid so um i mean there are a couple of guys i swam with in college because you know they would play pokemon on the college bus and we actually had a homie uh that we swam with in college that was japanese and he was you know bit hard by the nintendo bug and Mm -hmm. i mean it was spread all around our our swim team shout out to the the usd coyotes (laughs) go yotes uh but anyways um you know, there were some guys that in college that played, you know, uh, I guess what was the ones that came out in college? I guess we had uh, Sapphire and the Ruby remakes and then X and Y in the 3DS realm. Uh, and then we would always play the old ones, obviously, on old long, you know, long bus rides. Um, but you're the first dude I've met in like five years that's been like, you know, a, a really close friend that's like, hey, I'm still into Pokemon. And I'm like, yes. Yeah. Like. Thank God. I know. It feels awesome. I literally thought I was like alone on the island, just like willing to just, I'm going to keep on getting into it just for my own sake. But know, it's man. fun to have somebody else to, to trade with, to talk about it with, to go on adventures in this sort of pseudo connected way. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's just like a whole culture around it too. Oh God damn. The culture. We could say so much about it. Yeah. And oh. there's, there's so many different levels to it. Like, you could even just go on and on about, like, we were talking about the music of Pokemon earlier. You could talk about the TV show, the toys, the cards. There are so many things that go into it, even, like, the art. Like, I think a lot of kids... Did you ever grow up as a kid and you were, like, drawing Pokemon or, oh like, you gosh. drew your own Pokemon yeah. and shit like that? I would yeah. literally... I would just sometimes look through my book of cards just to look at the art and oh, yeah. like just like drool over like oh my god it's so awesome <laughs> and then i would also use that as inspiration for drawing same like i would just like use them as like okay like how are the eyes how are the you know how is it set up mm-hmm. and then you know i'd always be thinking about like their attacks so i'd always try to draw them with like a little bit of like a fire or like electric effect and that's when i fucked it up like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i don't know i was trying to get too details like oh you just left it you know, <laughs> you i get good at a couple though. i could do a good ghastly yeah. Oh, yeah. Big time. They're, you know, coughing. All the circular ones. Yeah. I was like, yeah, that's easy. I can hey, do that. Man, I can do a Voltorb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. Oh, man. I know. I, I completely agree. And now it's like getting more and more complex, too. And it's like, oh, could I keep up with that? Nowadays? Oh, dude, they are, they are detailed now. But I, I still like them. Like, you know, we're over 800. I can't even remember. 898. Holy shit. 
with through generation eight now, there's eight hundred and ninety eight Pokemon and and they're still cool. There's like ten that I think are just stupid. Oh, there's some dog shit ones for sure. Like Frillish, is that the ice cream cone? Uh no, vanilla. Vanilla. Yeah. yeah. I that I'm I'm just like, guys, like just delete. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. there's there, but there's very few like even the like uh Garbador, like I think he's actually cool. People hate on that oh, one. I love Garbador. I think that's cool. He's like kind of a more modern muck. Yeah. So people hate on that guy. Um I don't know. There's there's random ones where I'm like, really? But for the most part, like of the eight hundred and ninety eight, there's really only like a handful and I'm like, okay, those guys suck. Yeah, yeah. Like the 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 apple pie guy is kind of a dumbass loser, but Which the rest that of them one? are really good. It's like a turtle and it looks like an apple pie. Can't remember its name. That's how insignificant it is. Oh, to me. okay. I can't think of that one. You have to give the smaller apple one a tart apple and then it turns into the turtle that looks like a pie. Okay, it's yeah. It's in I, the newest one. Oh, okay. I definitely don't know that one, but yeah. it's not the one that's like a flathead turtle that's fire type. Uh uh-uh. uh. Okay. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know. Okay, exactly it's not. Okay, talking. yeah. You're I, not talking about Torkoal, though, are you? Uh, no, Torkoal is like a shell. That's like Gen 3. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It goes way back. Oh, that's what you're talking about? No, not no. Not Camera Upt? Well, Camera Upt's a cow. Yeah, I can't think of the apple pie one. Well, I'm trying to think of the flat-headed turtle now. Oh, it's um, it's definitely a more recent one. I don't know. It's uh, I'll have to look that one up. Let me take out my Pokédex. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, uh, well, I'm pulling this one up. You should talk to me about like okay, so I we we uh, we should just tell our listeners. Obviously, if it's if if it isn't obvious yet, we like our Mons. But uh, Riley and I challenged each other. Uh, we wanted to come up with like our top ten Pokemon. Mm-hmm. So now that we've already mentioned that there's 898, I think it's a good time to tell you guys that we whittled down <laughs> our top ten, and it was like grossly challenging. Oh, so it tough. was so hard. It was humbling. Yeah, big time. Like not only did I realize how many Mons I actually like, but to pick ten, like. Like the ones that made like the top fifteen, like those bottom five that didn't make the top ten. I was like, oh man. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I still have a list of like forty here, but I've got my top ten, and I feel so bad for the ones that I did le- leave off of. Yeah, right. Like that's how much we like the mods. Oh, big time. Um, okay, so I guess I'll just go ahead and list mine off. So I got Agron, Primeape, Explode, Cacnea. Ursaring, Mamoswine, Lapras, Honchcrow, Toxicroak, and Crobat. Toxicroak is dope. Crobat is dope. Be like the poison mons for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, and the fighting Urs- types. Ursaring is cool too. Um, Primeape is one of my favorites. I, he's not on my. It's not on my list. Mm-hmm. Crobat is not on my. Li- uh, actually, most of the ones you said again weren't on my list. But I was like, yup. Yeah, yeah. Uh, those have guys have been in my team for a time before. Oh, like, absolutely. They've definitely danced in my party of six before. Like, yep. n- no doubt. Like those are, like there's just there's so many cool mons that, uh, like I said, getting it down to that many. So who are your honorable mentions? Oh my god! Like I'd like to know so some of many. some of the ones because um they might even be in my top ten list. Okay, here's a couple of my honorable honorable mentions: Oran Guru. Seviper, Sudowoodoo, Swalot, Octillery, Gengar, Cast Form, Granbull, Ludicolo, 
Hariyama. Ludicolo. Yeah, Ludicolo. Hariyama? You like that guy? You're a Gen 3 boy. Yeah, well, I like Gen 2 mostly. Oh, we'll get into Gen 2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Gen 3. So my favorite game is actually a Gen 3 game. Um, yeah, Rube, so. Sapphire, nope. Emerald. XD Gale of Darkness. Oh, God damn. We're going to go deep tonight, go guys. Deep. We're going to go deep. <laughs> Okay, so the Mon that uh, Raleigh and I were talking about, the one that we couldn't think of, um, it is from Gen 7. It's a Turtonator. It look, it's like a cannon slash flat-headed turtle. It's fire and dragon type, but it looks like a turtle Mon, and it's it's dope. It's 776. Anyways, yeah. Sorry, had to check the Dex app. <laughs> <laughs> Let's uh, hear your top 10, though. Okay, man. I'm excited to share these guys. So... Um, these are in no particular order. These are just mons I really dig. So we have uh, Coughing, Onyx, Magnemite, Aerodactyl, Snorlax, Houndoom, Galvantula, and Noivern. That should be 10, right? Oh, and then I had Crocodile on there, too. Ooh, nice. uh, and I think that was nine. I don't know. Oh, Oranguru. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah perfect. Yeah, 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 yeah. Perfect. Sorry. I was like, I know I don't have one uh, that's also crossed out. But, yeah. So, I mean, there, there's definitely a spread. Leaning heavily on Gen 1. Yeah. That That's, I mean, freaking six-year-old Brendan back then that day. So, those ones are deep in the uh, in the ego. Dude, uh, I had to cut a lot of Gen 1s. It I had sad. to, it was, yeah, because there are some later gens like the Oranguru and uh, Noivern. Yeah. That are just dope. Yeah, the Galvantula kind of threw me for a, for a Galvantula's bit. cool. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, is a weak-ass mon. Yeah. Like, Magnemite's a weak mon, too. Yeah. But they're cool. Oh, yeah, big time. Like, Even, that's the thing. They're just, they're cool. They're, they're fun ones for me to have in the party. Yeah, I agree. Like, just, I don't take it to the league yeah even if I, even if i do i'm like that's right yeah, yeah. i got a magnemite exactly with the everstone yeah you yeah. know or or something like a coughing uh but onyx you know onyx is not only a strong mon like in certain areas you know it can get swept by some other stuff but yeah you know if you got if you got the right weakness uh Water types. yeah amen uh <laughs> this is fun this is fun uh, but you know, we, I'm just thinking about like we could have a Magic the Gathering episode. Oh, big we time! We could have you know we could maybe mention some Yu-Gi-Oh. I didn't get too deep into that. Yeah, I wasn't huge. Uh, into it. But just just other other things for the nostalgia series, just because it's it's fun to talk about. Honestly, I'm smiling. It's hard to talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. But I'll say Crocodile, dude. That's another cool mon. I was like, yeah. Dude. And, like, it doesn't look like it's going to be that cool in its mm -hmm. first stage evolution. And then you get that big big boy, and, man, it is badass. So uh, some of my honorable mentions, um, I had Drag Algae on there. Okay, yeah. I like that one a lot. It's like kind of like a kelp dragon mon. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. I Hated that one. Why? It's one I don't of the ones know. You thought it's was so lame. ugly. I like. I don't know. I'm a big water type mon guy. Um, water, electric, poison. I love poison. I think it was dragon and poison. I don't remember, but I Something don't know. Like it's, it's cool. I don't know. I like. I like a lot of cool. I think maybe it was like there was like this kind of jealousy because it wasn't on X. It was on Y. 
Oh, and so I was like, right. dang it, I want that one. Because it was one of the ones I couldn't have, so I had this weird lust for it. And then when I got Pokemon Sun, I was like, finally, I can get that one. Oh, okay. So, and then I guess I had this weird, like, craving for it. But then once I got it, I was like, this is cool. This is a cool Pokemon. That makes sense. Uh, so I do like that one. And then Mandibuzz. I oh, like Mandibuzz that one. Mandibuzz is badass. Yeah, like, it's a cool Mon. I like Dark Mons a lot. I do, too. Um, what else did I have on there? Oh, Archaeops. Uh, or Archeops, I don't know. It's oh, like the, uh, yeah, yeah, It's yeah. kind of like Aerodactyl, but yep. like the Gen 5, I yep, think. Yep, yep, yep. Aerodactyl, and then uh, Hippodon. Oh, hip, hip, well, Hippodon. Hippodon. Hippo, so I can't pronounce, yeah. I can't pronounce half the Pokemon because like there's so many, so in my head I just like see them, I kill them, yep. and then <laughs> I move on. But there are ones I like, uh, Dude, but that's yes. one that's in my party. Yeah, hip, hip, Hippodon. Hippodon, yeah. And the, it's and ground the, and dark. And the male is black and the female mm-hmm. is brown. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a bad I love the Pokemon. sexual dimorphic mons. Yes, I do too. Like uh, Umphazant so is mm-hmm. another one that comes to mind. Um, Even the Deermons. Yeah. Oh, that's right. With with and without the antlers or the different seasons. Yeah, Stantler got uh-huh. a, got a, a bit of a revamp on it. Um, oh, man. Uh, Jellicent mm-hmm. or whatever Jellicent Yep, the Shellos. Yeah. Oh, Shellos. Yep. yep. Um, uh, God, what's Unpheasant or Unpheasant. Yeah, or yeah, unpheasant? yeah. I mentioned I that know. one. Yeah. Gastrodon. Oh, sorry, Gastrodon. 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 Yep. Yep. Yeah, there's a, there's a handful of them, but they're, they're, co- they're kind of cool in that regard. Um, but dude, that list was hard. Oh, big time. Like I, I damn near got a headache trying to like I was narrow it down. Struggling. And honestly, uh, getting prepared for this episode, we got prepared this f- for this episode weeks ago, almost yeah. damn a month ago. And, uh, I mean, whenever we started talking about it, excuse me, I got uh, bit by the, uh, gaming bug again. Yeah. So same. I just ran with it yeah. and started playing Pokemon Black 2. And that's a hard one. Yeah. I don't have a DS anymore, so oh, I can't play that one. God, dude. All I have Do you is have a my, 3DS? Nope. All I have is my Game Boy and my Switch. Oh, my gosh, dude. Yeah. Diamond and Pearl and X and Y and Black and White yeah. and Sun and Moon. Those are some... Good game. I mean, I played them all, but I sold the DSs because oh, I why? Like, I don't know. I think that I went through this phase in college where I was like, "This is juvenile," and I was like, getting rid of stuff, and I regret it. That's the one thing that I I really always hung on to is mm-hmm. uh, I so I still have my first guitar. I have no reason to actually. My sister has it right now, um, but like that. And then there's, like, a couple, like, my first synth, like, there's just things that, like, I don't need to keep, but, like, I'll get rid of it, and I'm like, man, yeah, why'd I yeah. do that? Yeah, it's a bummer. Yeah, I mean, the only things that, like, like, I need to get rid of some of this stuff is really old books I haven't read and probably won't read again, yeah. and uh, old DVDs that I probably oh, won't God watch same. again. Wow, that's exactly the things I gotta but get rid of. other than stuff. that, <laughs> I... I won't get rid of stuff because I'll be like, damn, I need that. Yeah, like, I know. I don't know. But I also, I'm not like super materialist. Like, all the stuff I have is just like, this is this is like my temple. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm the same way. I'm the same way. And that's so Between interesting. books, video games, and music is like, yep. my nooks. Yep, exactly. Or like little knickknacks and stuff yep. like that. And that's so interesting because that in in of itself is literally a nostalgia kick right there. Because like when you pick something up and you're like, damn, 
you know, this takes up a lot of space. Maybe I should get rid of this, but you just can't. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's nostalgic. Well, dude, uh, so speaking of the toys, like what kind of Pokemon toys did you have? I had some, uh, I have a bunch of little action figures. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, I don't really call stickers toys, but um, uh, I, I guess you can't even call it card games toys, but just tons of little action figures. And then, I mean, one of the things I always loved were the Happy Meals from BK with those gold bars. Yep. I don't know if it was after the Pokemon movie or what, but when Burger King started doing those bars, like that was awesome, dude. Was it after Pokemon Two Thousand? I think so. Yeah, because With I Mew. remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that really, really. But well. they had like the dopest toys. Like it was Amon in a ball. Like yes, it was. They were detailed, man. Yeah, it was yeah. like the, like the, the the price of the Happy Meal justified the price of the toy. Oh, like, big time! <laughs> but they always smelled like grease whenever, yeah, whenever yeah, you play with them. They, they, they actually had like a little film on yeah. them. <laughs> That is so funny. Yeah, but I remember man. like clipping. They had some that were like keychains. Yeah, you could clip oh the gosh. you could clip the ball on your backpack. I think I, I still like, have one of those yeah. at home. Oh damn! Yeah. I would totally sport that on my motorcycle. <laughs> they oh. are they are sweet. Um, but yeah, I I mean I used to have like a lot of the little. Um, I don't know if you'd call them vinyl toys because they have like a matte finish to them. But I had a bunch of those. I still have them at my parents' house. Um, and then I had. When Gen t- when Gen three rolled around, actually, um, I don't know. I was probably like, I can't remember how old I was. I was still under ten though, for sure. And um, one of my sisters for Christmas got me like this sweet like Swampert toy. Oh, okay. And it would like shoot water from its mouth, and I was like, so I just loved that thing. Was, I always I got into it. like the really small little mons, uh-huh. like this, like the little figurines. Yeah, I still have all of those. I don't have and my... plushes. Okay, I never got into plushes. Yeah, I didn't have thing. very many, but like I had a pretty decent sized Charmander one that my dad got from New York City, I think, at some point. And then uh, I actually have a little uh, Charmander one in my office too. That was like a crochet one. Oh, that's it's actually that's really, it's actually really cool. pretty dope. Yeah, that's it's awesome. pretty cool. Um, but uh, one of the things I wanted to say before we got too too more deep into like some of the other uh, like aspects of the collecting stuff, like toys and cards, uh, was just the history of Pokemon in general. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's one of those things where like I don't know. I just find it weird that it's something that's been around for over 20 years yeah and it's still thriving yeah big time i mean it was a cultural boom when it came out and it still is now you know i always joke uh or not joke but in my head think about the chim pokemon episode of uh south park have you seen that ah it sounds familiar (laughs) japanese I don't know. I just part of the funny thing about that episode, South Park has always done a good job with the social commentary on society. And that was like a late 90s, maybe a too early 2000s episode. Um, but to to be in the position of like a mom or a dad, like or even a teacher, mm-hmm. like at the time when Pokemon just came out of left field. Yeah. I don't know what they would have thought about it. Oh, God. I mean, I would be <laughs> super confused. Like, what are these kids talking about? Like, Pokemans? Like, I had a bunch of teachers calling Pokemans. Oh, yeah. Big time. For a long time, Put too. your Pokemon cards away. Yes. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Like, get it right. Well, I mean, the the beautiful thing about it for parents is, like, that kids were, like, unified. Oh, my gosh. Over Pokemon It was a cards. global culture. It is a global culture. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think is so cool about it. Like, Japan has exported something 
that has been latched on and absolutely cherished and loved by the world for yeah. does I mean not dozens uh um well almost dozens well two decades almost dozens two I mean decades, two decades yeah. but like it's I mean we're coming up on 25th yeah like the 25th anniversary almost in like two you know two dozen years of like people around the world being like Pokemon is sick yeah yeah and it's awesome so I mean uh yeah it started in 1996 so Damn. like 25 is next year. Yeah. That's I remember that like uh uh Pokemon Go was like the 20 year. Yeah. Holy shit, that's right. I remember when Pokemon Go came out. And yeah. And Pokemon Go took the world by storm. Oh my god. People, people were like, were... I need to walk. Yeah, yeah. I... I need to hatch an egg. I need to walk. <laughs> Parks were the were the most full I had seen them in years. They were like plagued. Yeah. There, there were like too many people. Like if Pokemon Go came out at the time of COVID, it would like be the most biggest flop of an app ever. But like it came out when people were just oh can I can't I can't even imagine going to a crowded place anymore. Oh my god, I know. It what? just it kind of makes me sick a little bit. I know. Now that I'm thinking about it, like I, I don't know when the next concert I'm going to see is. That's depressing. Let's keep talking about Pokemon. Okay. Jesus Christ, yeah. that's fucked up. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Pokemon's coming on 25 year uh, anniversary, and the, my favorite statistic about it, and and this I don't remember this is from it's on Wikipedia's homepage, but uh, you guys can check the source if you're interested. But it says Pokemon has become the highest grossing media franchise of all time and it's worth 90 billion dollars that is insane that's insane what the highest grossing worldwide media franchise of all time like so it makes me feel better about my addiction like i know that like i like it a lot and maybe like i said i finally found another homie that likes it yeah but like i felt for a long time i was like man People aren't really into it anymore. Mm -hmm. And then I read that and I'm like, no, people are still into it. I just don't know them. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, whenever I think about it, I always think it is so weird watching, like, whenever Nintendo comes out with a commercial and they show, like, you know, just your average Joes and Janes playing Switches and everything. And you never see that when you go out in public. So I always think, like, who buys Pokemon games? I feel like I'm the only one. Who buys Pokemon? I know games because you age. never see it, and especially because all the trading is online anymore. Like uh -huh. you don't have to find somebody physically. Exactly. But then, like the the, their demands are so strong. Speaking yeah. of nostalgia, yeah, that fucking link cable, dude. Do you remember that? <laughs> oh my god! Everybody yeah. does, man. You had to be like, hey, man, who's got the link? Oh like, god, I used to go to my buddy Nolan's light? house. Yes. Oh my worm god, that's light. right. Yeah. Yeah, and I used to when you used to play it in bed, and then yeah. you'd, you'd burn your retinas because you're sitting there all night. I used to. There's there's a couple of times where I have some serious memories of that. One is when uh, my brother and I used to. Uh, so my parents would only give us like certain amount of video game time a day, which yep. you know is a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but they would hide our Game Boys from us. And one day we, we found the hiding spot. Like I was <laughs> determined, and so we'd smuggle them. And then uh, we ended up uh, we'd go in the bathroom, and then 
uh, we had one worm light. So we'd put it on one of our Game Boys and then we'd bend it so that like both of us could play. <laughs> like communal worm so, Yeah, light. so we would like be like sitting like, you know, face to face in the bathroom with like just playing our mons. Like he'd be playing his game, I'd be playing my game. And we just like and that was like probably gen one, gen two stuff. Like back when you had to have there wasn't a backlight, you know, yeah, before yeah. the SP. Yeah, yeah. For people that don't know, a worm light is literally something that attaches to the Game Boy. Yeah. Did almost they? like a USB light. Yeah, and then it would it would it was flexible. So yep. you could bend it over the top. So that's why it's called a worm like yeah, yeah it, it literally looked, looked like an earthworm a little worm yeah. yep so you <laughs> so yeah i mean there were times where like we would and then the other time i have a really good memory of it is when we'd go for sleepovers at friends oh, house big time. and they'd be like okay guys time to go to bed and we we're like haha we have worm lights <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah and you <laughs> we're you, not going to bed you wake <laughs> we're up gonna in keep the morning you look all disheveled and they're like oh what did you guys do oh we slept for about a half hour yeah. <laughs> we traded pokemon for hours yeah um i remember my cousin coming over one time and we were just like uh this was when i was probably like man i must have been seven or eight probably seven or eight and i could not get through victory road because i didn't have the flash or mm -hmm. something in a certain part and we literally just messed around like i'd get tired of fighting zubats or Golbats, and then he would do it for a little bit and then we'd just pass it back and forth and eventually we found our way out oh my by the gosh. time i got my way out my all my mons were super strong so we just swept to the pokemon league which doesn't happen very much but that is awesome it was bro. like i and then once we got there we just like had to go through the league in one night so i was like finally we made it. Oh man, I went back from Moltres, but <laughs> oh, you have to. Later. You can't just pass over the no, legendaries, no, man. Absolutely not, dude. Speaking of legendaries, um, was it? I know we had an agreement uh -huh. to to um, omit legendaries from our list because, like, there's a lot of cool ones. Mm -hmm. uh, what What are some of your favorite legendaries? Because there's a lot of cool things to say about them. So mine are Lugia, Entei, Raikou. Thunderous, Latias and Latios, and Kyogre. Okay. Dang. Yeah. So uh, mine are Entei. Uh, I like a lot of the Reggies. Like oh, I all do the Reggies are cool. Like I, I can't pick one. Well, so that's I'm just going to say the Reggies. Yeah, yeah, I can't either. I'll just say the Reggie family. Uh, I had Tornadus. Uh, Xerneas, which I really Ooh, like Xerneas. a lot too. Uh, yeah. Kyogre is my favorite too. I, I I had Sapphire, so I really liked that one. Same, yeah. Uh, and then like Rayquaza was like a big one on there uh, for me too. I didn't end up picking it. Um, and then I do like Lugia and Ho Oh, but I didn't put them on my list. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I like a lot of the legendaries and like all of like the the world building lore behind them and the morality lore. Yeah. And the kind of like they're kind of like gods. Yeah. Sometimes. Um, or or they're like demigods. Yeah. Um, and the challenge of catching them and the rarity of the cards. Oh, it, it's just so appealing. It's literally, it is a rarity in the game because yeah. there's one of them. Yeah. Um, that, that leads me to a question. Did you ever use the Master Ball on Legendaries? Um, I would always, so... When I was young, I would sometimes mess up, and I would use it on a legendary that I, I didn't know you could catch with an Ultra Ball. Mm -hmm. um, and then when I figured it out, like when I figured out that you couldn't catch Mewtwo with an Ultra Ball, mm -hmm. like you had to use a Master Ball. Yeah. 
then I was like, okay, now I know what to use it on. But there were times where I would just chuck it because I was like, well, this is a really good mod. I want to use it. Um, but then once I figured out, like, the strategy, or there would be times where, like, like I remember Zapdos. Mm-hmm. Like, in many games, like, I'd have, like, I have had a hard time catching him. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tornadus and Thunderous are also like that, where yeah. I'd be like, God damn it. Yeah. And they escape. Oh my god, yeah. I was like, ah, the, gosh dang it. The one that always comes to mind, the like the bastard that would always just escape from me, the red Gyarados. Wait, how does the red Gyarados escape? The red Gyarados in gold? How I didn't think it escaped. I thought once you were battling it it stays. Uh uh-uh, uh. It could escape. No, I I I was always lucky then. I yeah. always caught that fucker. No, it would always escape from me, and I would just scream. I would get so mad. I remember, like, I could feel my face get red because I'd get so mad. Yeah, no, and, and I guess the whole, the only annoying thing for the hunt in legendaries is um, the saving before. Yeah, and then having to turn it off, boot it up, load it up, try again, get wept, and then do the whole thing again. Yep, and sometimes it can take a while. Oh my gosh, yes. But then the satisfaction of catching it is so rewarding. Keeps me wanting to catch more mons like that. And it just, it, the whole, the, okay, so I mean, one of the things, I guess, now that we're on the subject of the games, I mean, the games, like we said, came out in 1996. We'll talk about the TV show later. I mean, I got a couple of things I want to say on that, but just the fact that it's the highest grossing series is, is, most likely because it has a game component, a yep. card component, a you know, a a comic, TV or show, a, you know, anime. Yeah, there's so many pieces, but let's just stick with the games for a while because that's that's I think the main pain. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's the thing I think that is the most global, the biggest part of the continuation of the franchise. Yeah. And in my mind, I think uh, the the most hardcore uh, or addicting part of it is the Pokemon formula. The reward system. So, like, if you had to explain to somebody who never played it before why it's fun, what would you say? Because I have a hard time doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, like, my sister has a Switch and, like, other people I know are, like, in the past, I've had, like, DSs or whatever. Like, oh, what should I get? I'm like, you totally get Pokemon. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, it's kind of boring. Yeah. I'm like, Dude, what? Yeah, like, I it, mean, my wife does not find it fun at Neither all. does my wife. She yeah. can't stand it. Yes. Yeah, she's like, how do you do that? I'm yeah. like, it's, she's like, it is so repetitive. I'm like, it's actually not that repetitive. Uh-huh. It, there are grossly repetitive elements. Yeah. Well, it's grindy. But it's satisfying. Yeah, I don't know. There's something about watching that blue XP bar fill and then hearing the ding when you level up that I just, like, I chase that. That was one of my favorite additions in the advancement of Pokemon over time. Yeah. In the oldest games, uh, when they don't have that, and you're just, like, guessing oh, when yeah, right. they're going to turn. One didn't have. Yeah, they're just like, okay, well, when is it going to level up? And, yep. like, you have to go into the stats, and it's just stupid and annoying to do that. So you yeah. just, like, play. Yeah. Uh, there's, like, this mystery component to it. Yeah. But then, yeah, once you finally have the XP bar, it's just like, yeah, there's a satisfying element to that. Um, beating trainers and then like like I remember like clearly 
all the time telling my parents, A, when we were on a road trip and we'd be going somewhere and um, I'd We'd be like be parked and like okay, you gotta go to the bathroom. I say okay, I'm saving it. Oh like, my god! And they yeah. go, no, we gotta go now. I'm like wait, it's yes. saving. They're like, well, how long does it take to save? I'm like, what's well, saving? You know, like or like that 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 was like a main one. They're like, no, turn it off now. I'm like, I can't. Yeah. Uh, and the other one is um, uh, when not 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 the uh, um, saving piece, but when you're like, okay, just one more battle. Oh my gosh, yeah. They're like, okay, it's time to put it up. I just have one more battle. Yeah, yeah. And then you get done with the battle, and they're like, is that battle done yet? And they're like, nope, I got <laughs> I got one more battle. I'm almost done. That is so I'll true. I'll save it right after this battle. Yep, and you never did. No. Yep. No, I can't even tell you how many times I got into arguments with my parents because I was saying, I'm saving, I'm saving. <laughs> or I remember one time... Um, when I was a kid, we, we went to a soccer practice. My dad coached soccer for the longest time for yeah. us. Um, and we actually couldn't start a soccer practice because every kid was playing Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> and then th- we had a kid who had some serious ADHD. And, like, if you took it from him, he would freak out. And he was like, nope, 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 I'm saved. I'm not, I'm not done yet. Or I'm saving. Or, no, I'm not done yet. One more. <laughs> and it would just be endless. Dude, that's really funny. I, uh, yeah, I, I know my parents, if they listen to this episode, it'll be like, oh my God. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, dude. So, what game did you start with? What was your first game? Uh, gold. Gold okay. on the Game Boy Color was my first. Was that game. like, did you get it for like a Christmas present or something? Um, if I remember correctly, yeah, I got it from my parents when I was very little because I had a friend who had it and I would go over to his house his name is Nolan and I would always go over to Nolan's house and his older brother was like diehard Pokemon like always would would play Pokemon and I always thought that he was super cool so Mm -hmm. like uh we'd go over there and play it and I just begged my parents I remember um I I was asking them for a Game Boy for the longest time and then when I got it I was so ecstatic it was awesome yeah, my grandparents got my brother and I uh, our Game Boys, and I remember that like you know you don't remember every Christmas, especially the older you get. Yeah, I remember that Christmas because it was a bundle with like, and the hype was so huge. Yeah, but it had uh, his had red version, I believe, and mine had blue or vice versa, and it came with the Game Boy, and uh, dude, <laughs> that was it. Yeah. You know that that was like all right, peace. You're like I, I'm hooked. Yeah. Yeah, it was bad. I was probably I six or seven, but it. I mean, I remember it clear as day. Yeah, I do too. Oh do my too. god, like yeah, clear as day. I think actually, I think it in, in Japan in 1998, or sorry, 1996. I think the red and blue though was released in the U.S. in 1998, if I remember right. That sounds about so, right. So because I was six. I remember clearly being like six because by second grade, I just remember like people trying to trade Pokemon cards in the bathroom. The teachers were like, what the fuck is going on <laughs> around here? <laughs> Push oh your Pokemon God, cards yeah. away. Yes. Like at recess, kids are like, dude, I'll trade a Weedle for a Caterpie. They're like, 
okay, you know, but like, anyway. yeah, they're like, you guys used to play tag football. Like, what is happening? Yeah, yeah, What's yeah. going on? You guys used to chase girls. What's happening? Yeah, now you're hustling cardboard. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Oh, my that. God, I remember dude. That I just like, time. like, I can clearly remember my specific teachers like this, like, they just didn't know what to do about it. They're like, you know, and this is before, I, but it's almost like I, I can imagine, you know, as teachers, mm-hmm. uh, I can't. I can I when I first started teaching it was when cell phones were still not allowed in the classroom and you could actually enforce it to some degree. Mm-hmm. And then about like my third or fourth year it was like this the cell phones were too smart, too fast. All the phones had Netflix, Hulu, whatever, and then like kids had Bluetooth headphones and there was just like, you know, if somebody had long hair, you can't even tell if they had Bluetooth headphones in. Yeah. And it was just like I have no idea who's listening. I have no idea who's not. So you just teach to teach. Yep. But before that, you know, before cell phones, before all this Bluetooth, like Pokemon must have seemed something like that. Oh, God, yeah. Well, like nowadays, um, one of the things that my students keep asking me is, Mr. O, will you play Among Us? And I'm like, what the hell is Among Us? Like, I'm I'm realizing how disconnected I am. Just wait, it gets so much worse because, uh, and, you know, and the funny thing about Among Us is that it's boys and girls. Yeah. And Pokemon's kind of like that. Um, Witcher is kind of like that. There are some games where uh, women are into it as well. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Among Us is a big one. AOC played that shit, like. Yeah, I don't know. I know nothing like, about it. I don't know. It's like a get out room. I I don't, I, I this is conjecture, folks. So <laughs> don't hate. Uh, but I I you know they're like hey, these guys know a lot about Pokemon, but they don't know shit about get. Uh, what is it called again? Among Us. Among Us. I think it's like I thought it was like a simulated get out room or something where like you have to find a murderer who like is in the group and you ask each other questions. It's like a, it's like Clue slash Get Out slash whatever, but it's like an app or real time kind of game and huh. you can a lot of people can play it you can invite your friends um it reminds me the last game that was like a big plague in high school was when um iphones came out with game pigeon and you could like play pool oh or pong gosh, or darts yeah. like yeah. dude that was like when i was like god damn put your phones away They're like oh wait one second i gotta like respond to this pool message yeah i was what past that i never got into that either that was a that was a problem dude like yeah, so there were definitely certain times where I was like, okay, you guys are super annoying with that. But as far as the games, yeah, I mean, I was definitely in on uh, Gen 1, and I never stopped getting them. Most of my friends stopped at Gen 2 or 3. Really? Um, I had a couple of friends. So um, Diamond and Pearl Gen 4 came out when I was a freshman in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and by about that time, people who were going to stick with it kind of did, but it was really fading fast. And then I didn't know anybody that bought Gen 5 besides my brother. Which one was Gen 5? Uh, black and white. Oh, yeah. No, I don't know anybody. And I that. loved Gen 5. I did, too. I want to yeah. break down the, the each gen in a little bit here. but uh, And then by the time, like I said, by that time, I was the only one that I knew that still bought the games. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my wrestling team, we all played Gen 3. That was it. Like, we played a lot of um, Ruby, Sapphire, and Emerald, and we'd play, like, Leaf Green and Fire Red and stuff like that, but none of us bought, um, or no, that's not true. I bought uh, 
Diamond when it came out, and then I I bought Platinum when it came out. Platinum well. was sick. Yeah, Giratina. Platinum was the best. Uh, what is that called when they released it like the halfway, like I guess the between gen games. Yeah, I can't remember what it's called. It's like that third edition or whatever. Yeah, but like yeah. the best enhanced edition. Yeah, of a yeah, game. it really it was. was just like, that was a good version. I loved Platinum. Yeah, but I mean that was about when my friends fell off. But we would still play. Like, Pokemon, just the older games, we still played all the way through high school. we just replay the old Same. games. Same. Yeah, yeah, they just didn't play the new ones. Yeah, but, yeah, like, yeah. while I was playing Diamond and Pearl, they all my homies would still play Red and Blue. Yeah, same. Like, at Swim Meets, at, uh, oh, my gosh, yeah, especially Fire Red and Leaf Green when those came out for GBA. Those were huge. Those, I mean, all my homies played those. So, yeah. like, I'm not saying they didn't play the keep playing the old ones because they those ones again and again and again every road trip you play those games like every time you have uh you know a really long tournament uh, for something you have your game boy you yep. know it was it's a especially before cell phones you know it oh, was yeah. like your game boy was like your trusty you know entertainment device for a long time doctor's appointments oh, uh airplanes like it was i mean game boys were huge um and so yeah, they all continued to play the same games, but they never went past Gen Four. Yeah, which was so bizarre. Gen Four was good. Gen Four was amazing. It's still, I mean, it's still held up on a pedestal. And yeah. the rumor is, is that the next game for Switch is going to be a remake of Gen Four. I heard it was a remake of Gen One, Gen Four, and uh, something else. Well, I, I heard that they wouldn't do Gen One because the Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee are basically a remake without battles. Oh. Those games kind of sucked, though. I've heard they absolutely sucked. Did you play it? No, it's but boring. like everybody that I know that has played them is like, dude, no. It's but so like boring. the new Pokemon Snap, I'm looking forward to that. I never played it as a kid. I played the old one for Nintendo 64. I'll get it when it's on sale. If they try to charge me 60 bucks for it, I won't buy it. But yeah. like, there's definitely probably a fun element to it. Um, Pokemon Pinball, did you play that? Yeah, oh yeah. And Picross, I played that one too. Yep, that was fun. Did you ever play the Dungeon games? Pokemon um, Dungeons? Yep, Red Rescue Team, I played that Yeah, I played Red Rescue. I didn't play anything past that. Um, my A buddy of mine had Ranger, and I never played that. Yeah, I didn't either. It was like a tactical game. The only weird. things I didn't like about those particular games is that it just seemed too childish. Oh, Which, big time. as I'm saying that, you're like, dude, you're talking about the Pokemon games in general. But, like, there's a certain mentality. You can, you can, uh, like, because the regular Pokemon games are RPG, even though you know that the kid is, like, 12, you can still make him 28 in your brain. Yeah, exactly. It's a lot easier to do that than to um, do that when you are a mon. Yeah, yeah, and you never evolve or anything like that, so you're kind of just a baby the entire time. But uh, outside of the actual game games uh, for the, the Game Boys, DSs, and so on, Switch, um, dude, Pokemon Stadium was my fucking favorite all-time Pokemon games, almost, yeah. period. Yeah, I played a lot of Pokemon The mini-games were so fun. Oh, the mini-games were great. I forgot about yeah, those. Yeah, like, it was like Mario Party, but like Pokemon style. Yeah, I forgot all about those. And then the fact that with friends, you could do like a tournament, and you could do like a pick three, and it would be like, okay, you can pick between all the Gen 1 and the Gen 2 Pokemon, and... 
you can like have a cap at level 50. Yeah. So everybody's at the same playing field. Yep. So you could just pick your favorite three Pokemon and just battle it out. See, that's all my friends and I would do. Yeah. That's all we would do. And we'd just like be like, oh, my team's stacked. And then we'd bet on each other. And then, you know, winner plays the next guy and stuff like that. It was great. I would literally buy a um, Nintendo 64 again just for Pokemon Stadium 2. I will bring mine over. Oh, you have one? I do. 64? Yep. Do you have Pokemon Stadium? I'll get it. I'll say I'll, I'll definitely find one. I'll say it I'll, won't take me long to get it. Yeah, yeah, we dig around. That that'd be a fun one. That would be a a night well spent. Yeah, I mean, let's plan many on it. nights. Let's plan on it. God damn, I don't even. <laughs> yeah, we need to do that. That sounds really good. Um, as far as uh the games in general, like I said, I kind of wanted to talk through each generation. So, um, what do you, what are your favorite things about Gen One? Um, I or guess how would you explain? You know. Gen 1, the best, worst. Something about Gen 1 that's just so interesting to me is the fact that, like, all of these things were were new right away. So original. Yeah. Like, like you had, uh, let's see, was Kangaskhan Gen 1? Yep. Yeah, I love like Kangaskhan. This, like, dinosaur-like kangaroo Pokemon, like, monster thing. It's just, it's so cool that, like... Um, they made it into this this way of having um, kids interact with things that seem almost daunting. Dude, yeah. Um, well, the monster element of it, when you're really young, it's you believe it more. You know, it's like when you're really young, you believe in the Tooth Fairy or the Santa Claus or whatever. So when you're six or seven and you have these little monsters that you're training and they're like, you, you totally buy into it. Oh, it's like a relationship. Yeah. And then them. when you couple that with the TV show, yeah. it's like, well, they are real. Yeah. Yep. They are real monsters, even though it's a cartoon and you know they're, you know they're not. Yeah. When you have the imagination of a kid, it's not a stretch. No, not It doesn't at all. take much. And even now, I like to think that I have a good imagination. I think that's probably why I still like Pokemon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, but I still get attached to the training element. Oh, of it. my gosh. That's something I could go on and on about. Yeah. And so when I think the Gen 1 stuff, they just they started the formula. They have the original eight gyms. Um, I will say my favorite part about Gen 1 is how basic it is. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by basic is that um, the types are real simple. The moves are real simple. Um, the UI is, is pretty simple. I mean, it's a very 90s game. Yeah. But it's so satisfying. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, like, you can grind it in 30 hours. Oh, big time, yeah. And it was so bold, too. Like it was, it was unlike any other RPG before it. From what I understand, uh, is that the guys who created it tried to like pitch the idea, um, sort of in the in the early '90s when arcades were really big, uh -huh. and it didn't quite resonate with people. As it wouldn't be a good arcade game, and then no. that's kind of when the medium of Game Boys came out. Because it was kind of like you know, kind of like podcasts are long form conversation. Mm -hmm. um, they kind of had this idea for like this long form. RPG where like it was not going to be like something you put some quarters in and then you just keep going like it's supposed to be a, a long adventure mm -hmm. and it so they, they didn't really do well when they they pitched it for the arcade business and then Game Boys came out and they're like okay we'll put it on a chip right and 
lo and behold, you know, Pokemon blew up. Damn. Um, but, you know, it has the arcade element, which is the sort of the rinse, wash, and repeat mm-hmm. of the battles. Yeah. Um, and it it has that fit, which is, again, I think part of where the addiction comes in. Um, but Gen 1, yeah, just so original. Um, both you and I are in agreement that Gen 2 is the best. It is the best. But um, if, if you had to defend that, why? Uh, well, right off the bat, one of the things that I love about Gen 2 is it's dark. The story is dark. Okay. Like, you brought up the concept of having, like, a like a god-type Pokemon, and you totally do. Like, both Ho-Oh and Lugia are seen as, like, these these gods. But they're not gods that are friendly. They're gods to be feared. And then you've got this villain. You've got Red. Uh, and he is stealing. I called Pokemon. him a bad word, <laughs> <laughs> like douche. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I would always put like like shithead or Asshole. something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but or sometimes my enemies. Yeah. Oh, big time, big time. Like you know, at the very beginning, he's looking in the window, and then you run out there, and he runs by you, and everything, and it's like, damn. Right off the bat, you're like, well, this kid's a dick. Yeah. Um, and then. You just go through having, like, this dark story. Like, Bellsprout Tower is weird, and then it just goes on. And even when you fight uh, the guy at the very, very end. Well, actually, my favorite part about Gen 2, there's a lot of parts, but um, you mentioned the darkness. Uh The Japanese-ness. It is the most quintessentially Japanese Mm -hmm. of all of them. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. The Mons, the environment... The uh, conversations, the towns, like everything, the geography, everything about that region is the most Japanese. Um, and then they have the the way that the eight badges are. They introduce ice types. They introduce like the actual type of dragon. Like they oh, have like right. a bunch of they, they, they dark. Um, they start to really diversify. Steel, Steel mm-hmm. Steelix, fucking awesome mon. Yeah, there's some really cool mons in that particular one. It was the first one for Game Boy Color, um, so it actually added a, quite a bit of depth in terms of the adventure and the, the, the believability of it. Um, but my favorite part is that after you do the first eight gyms, you get to go back over to Kanto and go do those eight gyms. Yeah. So it's a six. It's the only game of all eight generations. Yeah. Developers, if you ever hear this, take a hint. It would be so cool to have two regions combined again, like in Gen Two. Oh, because even so in Soul Silver and Heart Gold, they still did it again. Yeah. Where like you go through the original Johto. Uh, badges, and then you take the little tunnel and you go over to Kanto, yep. and you do all of the Kanto ones, and you have like a total revisitation. But some of the Johto Mons are in Kanto, yeah, like yeah. it's so sick, dude. And and then it gives a whole new meaning to completing the Pokedex at the end after yeah. you get it extended, and then you're like, oh my god, I have all of this. This I have another game to play. Okay, that's a good question. Then it's a good segue. Were you a Dex completer person? Um, I wasn't when I was a kid. But I definitely am now. Okay. 
I wasn't when I was a kid until Pokemon Bank came out. Okay, yeah, um, that was where it turned for me. Because then I was like, okay, this is possible. Mm-hmm. Because when I was growing up, I was like, this is futile. Yeah. Especially once I got to Gen 5 and I was the only person I knew that even had a Pokemon game. Like, yeah. I bought Pokemon Black and I was like, I told my brother, I was like, dude, you need to get white. Like, this game is sick. Uh-huh. This is awesome, dude. The UI is cool. The mods are cool. Like, everything about this is really original. Um, and then he, he did eventually, but even then that was when I was in college, so I didn't even see him that much. Yeah. So I always kind of, now was back when there was only 500 Pokemon. Right. So I was like, I will never complete a Pokedex again, but now with Pokemon bank and now Pokemon home on the switch, dude, I have Pokemon that I have collected from a Game Boy Advance that are on my switch. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. It is awesome. That's something I never dreamed of. Uh Uh-uh. Not at all. And it makes this so satisfying. So, like, of the 498, or sorry, of the 898, I have 400-some-odd mons in my Pokemon home. Like, Mm -hmm. And I'm still, like, it's probably futile, but it's still fun. Yeah. There's still an element, like, okay, I could do this, especially if I go back and pick up a game, or if Nintendo continues to release remakes. Which I'm sure they will. They have to. They've seen so much success with them. Well, what was your favorite remake so far? Heart Gold and Soul Silver. Okay, I loved Heart Gold and Soul Soul Silver, but the uh, Omega Sapphire, or or was it Omega Ruby and Alpha Mm -hmm. Sapphire? So good. Those were really good because the timing was perfect. Yeah. It was just long enough because I think a lot of people had kind of not been playing too much Game Boy Advance at that point or mm-hmm. theirs had been fried or their game card battery went out or mm-hmm. something or they just lost it, you know. And if they didn't, the price of the game to buy a new one was like 50 bucks. It's so expensive to find an original copy now. Oh my god. Yeah. Cuz obviously they're out of production, but like some of them like for an emerald copy, I think it's it's like 60, 80 bucks is a lot of money. Double what they were, or triple maybe when they were. I mean, they were 30 bucks, I think, when they were 25. Yeah, they were I, 29.99, I remember, is how much I got Leaf Green for way yeah. back in the day. That's why Repro Gang, absolutely, if you're hearing this and you're like, damn, I want to play Pokemon again, buy yourself a Repro cartridge. You should talk about, I don't know anything about it, so you can talk to me about it and, and the listeners. Yeah, well, I mean, like, just recently when I bought Emerald again because I couldn't find my old copy of Emerald at my parents' house, I just bought a repro online. It's some some person out there is like, you know what, this is not a legitimate copy. Unfortunately, you can't pull the Pokemon from that copy, but you can at least enjoy the game. It's uh, so it's the same cartridge, but they basically uh, put a new battery and basically reprogram, yep. re- refresh it. Yep, reprogrammed it. Yep. Are there benefit cool things they can do, like little hacks here and there? Every now and then, you'll have a repro uh, cart that, like, you know, they put a couple fake on on it, or they uh, have tweaked the story a little bit, or you know, you can you can modify it as if you had a Game Shark or something like that. That's cool. That's yeah. what I was kind of curious about. Um, one of the things that you had written down that mm-hmm. I am not familiar with uh, are fake and you yeah. just mentioned it. So I think that's actually a good good point to mention. Like, uh, what are some fake on that? Um, what, what are I mean? I'm a hard. Like I said, I I feel like I'm hardcore Pokemon, but I don't know that much about that. Yeah, the fake is fun though, because it's like the way that it. Um, 
the way that they kind of take different routes and they like totally rewrite stories or they like bring in creations of their own it's it's awesome i mean so um like what what is can you think of a fake amon well there's i can't remember the specific name of the game but it was one where you hunted like dead pokemon and it was like all about ghosts and stuff huh. it was really really good that's weird i've yeah. never heard of that ever i think it was called dusk okay yeah it was awesome though huh um so one of the things i i think is also cool that uh you had kind of said that you're into that i never got into was the iv ev mm-hmm. is that what it is yep. so like what did those mean because i would always just catch mons level them up and then just like i felt like without maybe because i never was competitive uh-huh. i never actually battled people online um, but I always felt like without caring even a little bit about IVs and EVs, I could still be successful. Oh, absolutely. Well, that's what I'm trying to remember the, the exact acronyms. IV is individual values. Mm-hmm. EV is... That was like experience or something, but I don't remember. Is uh, effort value. Oh, yep. 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 And then, uh, so IV is like a hidden base stat that your Pokemon is born with. So it doesn't have anything to do with attack or special defense or speed. No, it essentially is like the the benefit that they have from like their birth. So when people breed Pokemon, it's all through EVs. I never really got into EVs, but I'm a big time stat head. So, or IVs, excuse me. So EVs were my thing, but IVs were just the ones where it was like, I got to breed, 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 breed till I get whatever nature I want. Really? So IVs are only related to breeding? Yes. That's so weird. I didn't, I only always breed with a a ditto. I didn't give a shit about the other ones. Yeah. Yeah. So if you want a specific IV, you have to breed in order to get that IV. Huh. Yeah. So it differs a little bit. But the, um... IVs are related to natures or not? Yeah, they are. They are. So you could breed and breed and breed until you get the nature that you want specifically. But then how does an EV differ? Okay, so an EV differs because it is where you are specifically training a stat, but it is a little bit different because every four levels is only plus one to that stat's level. Oh, so it's a it's a it's it's a subtle booster. Yeah. It's minute almost yes and every pokemon if i remember correctly has 525 total evs or total yeah ev stats um and it just gets allocated differently if i remember correctly uh, i don't know that's like the that's where you can joke about the meta Oh, yeah, yeah, Like big it time. just gets so deep that it's like you can go as deep as you want yeah like i never got into breeding no. I never got into, um, you know, the, the IV, EV stuff. I never got into dex completion. But I've always beat every game, and I've generally done every single post game, and for most generations, I've gone through multiple times. Yeah, oh, yeah. I've definitely done multiple times, for sure. So, yeah, I mean, the only reason I got into IV and EV training, well, particularly EV training, I actually didn't get into it until uh, Super Training came out. So What's that? So you I, remember wait, on the DS? What, what version? Sorry, I remember uh, hearing about it. I can't remember how it worked. I think it came out in Gen 6. Uh, I know it was in Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire, though, where, like, you would have, you know, your screen on the bottom, so the DS, meaning dual screen, and then you could, like... Click the punching bag with your pen as fast as possible. 
and it'd train a certain stat. Is it, did it actually upgrade it? Yeah, yeah, it oh, would actually see, boost it. I, okay, I think I remember that in X and Y, but I never tried it. And you know, the one game that they never came out with that they needed to was Z. Yeah, that was That a was the one. most left out in the blue possible, like, Everybody, I think we're still waiting on it. Yeah. Like, yeah. like that would be a good remake for, for the Switch. Like, okay, here's one game, Pokemon Z. But there was a Z Pokemon. Yeah, Ziggurat. Yeah, yeah. And it was it was weird looking and everything like that. I think that. it was cool. It's like a cell Pokemon. Yeah, yeah, it does. It takes different it, forms. It, it's 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 very technological. Yeah, it's, it's cool, though. Some but, of the, yeah. that's another th- cool thing about the legendaries is how, like, scientific yeah, yeah. They are like they try to explain like the evolution or the background or the history or all this other stuff uh to it. Or scientific. Dude, so yeah, as far as like the scientific side of things go or even just like the technicalities, like it's it can get pretty pretty deep. Oh, and for sure. I just didn't ever have the time, I guess. Yeah. But I've never gotten that deep into many things because I just I'm into too many things to get too dedicated into one. Yeah, I think that's absolutely my perspective as well. I mean, the only reason I play Pokemon is because I enjoy it. I don't want it to be something that becomes laborious, and I feel like some people absolutely dedicate, like, a ridiculous amount of time. I actually couldn't have said that better myself. It does. For some people, they actually take it on as, like, a full-blown chore. Yeah, yeah, and I don't want... I don't want that whatsoever. No. I yeah. just want to enjoy my my time. I want to on my little nostalgia <laughs> kick and and just be good with it. Dude, that is that's a perfect that is a perfect uh, uh, chunk for it, uh, or even just just to mention. Um, one of my favorite things too about it is it, it's not only is it is it all ages, but like I can see myself liking it so much that I want to show my kids Pokemon. And oh like, yeah, dude. I don't have kids yet, but like you know, just be like, hey, like enjoy this. Like oh, well, this is fucking, this is cool. And I think it'll still be a phenomenon. It's it's just going to you know it's it's driven so much within culture, um, not only in the United States but across the world that I just think that it's just going to stick around, dude. It has to. Um, I mean, I don't even know what Gen Nine is going to be. I don't know what year it's going to be, but like. They'll at least go to Gen 10. Oh, like, yeah. Like, that's a yeah. nice round number yeah. to leave it at. I mean, provided COVID doesn't kill everybody. Like, yeah. well, we should yeah. be good. <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, dude, uh, one of the things you also had written down was the Nuzlocke ch- uh, challenge and, and shiny hunting. So, um, a couple of things I would say is, uh, how would you explain the Nuzlocke challenge to somebody who doesn't know? Because I never did it, and I mm-hmm. never found it satisfying. I didn't even find it like sounding like remotely fun. Like appealing at all? It doesn't sound appealing, but it, I know every lifeguard I've worked with that likes Pokemon has tried it, and they like it. Yeah, it, well, it's like playing Pokemon on hard mode. So like hard in core mode. Yeah, yeah, big time Mega hardcore. Hard. Yeah, yeah. So like um Nuzlocke differs because you don't just like move through the game like, you know, a standard Pokemon player would. Um there's some some different things. So instead of when your Pokemon faints, you just consider it dead and you release it as soon as it's done. You can't go to a Pokemon Center or anything like that. Um another thing is you can only have the Pokemon that are in your party. So you have the six mons that 
that you just go with. So after it faints, you have to you have to catch a new one. Yeah, you have you to release, release it. it. Yeah. And every time you enter a new area, the first Pokemon that you encounter, you have to catch it. And that's the only one that you get. That just sounds terrible. It oh, sounds it's, it's it sounds hard. it goes back to the whole laborious thing of yeah. like Pokemon. That sounds like a chore. It is a chore getting started. But then if you can get the ball rolling, um I don't know, there's like it, it feels like it's just non-stop punishing you but at the same time it feels so rewarding when it all clicks releasing one would piss me off so much oh yeah it gets emotional <laughs> there's times where you're like oh man i was like attached to this guy oh my god because at the first point it, it just kind of fell into your lap it's like well i didn't even want to catch this one but i happened to find it and, and you, like, it, uh, that would help me get mons that i don't typically catch and incorporate into my party and train yeah uh and kind of develop my repertoire if you will yeah of mons because i do have my go-to's yeah like onyx is literally a pokemon that i have in most of my playthroughs of most games if it's available oh yeah like i generally always have one in my party well i i definitely have ones that i seek out but like uh i never would have evolved a um uh, oh, it's not Fanfy. It's Flaffy and then Ampharos. Meryl. Okay. No, not Meryl. What is the What is the little sheep? Um, the little sheep. Um, uh, oh, sh- Mareep. 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 I never would have caught a Mareep and continued with it, but when I did a Nuzlocke on Crystal, I caught a Mareep and I held it till it was an Ampharos, and I was like, "This thing is badass." Then it pones everybody. Yes, dude, Thunder Punch. That's dude. so funny that you say that because uh, when I was younger, I remember clearly playing Gold was the version I had uh, gotten, and I remember when I uh, played through, I got a Mareep because I was like, "I don't know what this Pokemon is, but I might as well catch it because I don't have a full party." Mm-hmm. And when you first play through any version, I think any Pokemon player can attest to like, well. Don't know what this is going to become. I'm going to catch it. Yep. And so that was one of those mons. And then I ended up catching it. And I was like, that Pokemon and Typhlosion, I started with a Cyndaquil. Mm-hmm. Uh, or maybe it was a, it might have been, I don't know. It, was, it either would have been a Cyndaquil or a um, uh, uh, Totodile. Oh, I always got that. Um, but it was one of those two. Uh, but I re- I clearly remember having the Ampharos at the end of it and being like, dude, I will never get rid of this mon. It's, it's so good. It's so badass. And I still have a like, little bit of a thing for Ampharos. I do too. It's actually stick. on my my honorable mentions list. It's a really cool Pokemon. Um, and then you also wrote down shiny hunting. Yeah. So like, I also never found this. Not only besides the red Gyarados, I think in my hundreds of hours playing Pokemon. I've seen one shiny. Do you remember which one it was? No. I don't even know how to find them. I don't what? know. You said you have this like shiny hunting down. Like mm-hmm. I never found this to be satisfying because like people would be all into shinies and I thought you could only get it from breeding certain kind of th- ways. Um or it was just random, but I literally... Oh, maybe it was, rat- it was something stupid. It was a Pokemon where I was like, really? <laughs> the one time I get a shiny Pokemon is this? <laughs> and for anybody that's listening that has no idea that it has made it this far into our Pokemon episode, <laughs> uh, a shiny Pokemon is a color variant of a Pokemon, and it, it's really rare. And sometimes they have significant stat changes. 
I did not know that. Yeah, yeah, every now and then they will. Like, uh, one of my buddies, I remember when he caught a shiny Machop and it was green, and he freaked out so hard that he shook his Game Boy, and then it it nudged the cartridge, oh. and it went, <laughs> and he fucked himself up. Oh, that's the funniest Mon screw-up I've heard almost ever. Dude, we were uh, in so I wonder what together. the uh, shiny Machop champ looks like i bet it's sick i think it's purple if i oh, remember that's not as cool as green yeah I, I can't remember what it looks like exactly but no shinies are um i mean they're definitely something that you seek out you have to like really be dedicated to get them though because like you could go 160 catches in and you won't get one like it, it takes a long time they've revamped it now so in this newest game in in uh sword and shield if you catch a pokemon and then you catch a repeat of it every single time you catch that pokemon your chance of finding a shiny increases what yeah yeah so you should just catch every mon you see well you should catch if you are like specifically like you're like i want a a shiny, shiny dawn fan then i'm gonna catch fanfy 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 and it's gonna keep shrinking that no window. way yeah, yeah. that is Awesome. Yeah, that's honestly, it's awesome. A good and people are like, "Oh, that's bullshit." It, no, it devalues this is exactly exactly the reason. No, it's not. It doesn't de- it doesn't devalue shinies because the dedication that it takes to get it. Exactly. That's, yeah. No, that the reason that I don't even pursue it is because of the dedication it takes to get it. Exactly. I want to just grind and beat the story and transfer all my mods to the home or the the bank and then keep on going or to the pokey transfer or whatever. Yep. And just like use my hard work of catching the mons I went through on that playthrough to cultivate. Yeah, and then enjoying them as you go forward. Later on. Well, I have a buddy who literally starts and restarts, or has in the past, until he gets a shiny starter. What? Yes. So That's a will, thing? He will turn it off, he'll reboot. How often does through. it take? Um, well, he would always do it on um, either Fire Red or uh, Blue. Because he wanted the black Charizard. So what he, are the chances though? Oh my god, it's astronomical. Like I, he has like tried. less than one in a thousand? Yeah, like he would sit for like three weeks starting and restarting. And he would literally like we would be doing homework or something in college and he would have it next to him at the library or something like that, and he'd turn it off and turn it back on. Click, 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 click. Turn it off, turn it back on. Click, click, click. Did click, he get click, it? Click. Uh he has before. It took him months to get it though that's the i'm sorry homie i don't know you but it's dumb as hell waste of time. oh i used to make fun of him okay, all good. the time i'm like what the fuck but like it was just something that was like satisfying to him i hey I man know. everybody's got their shtick yeah that's right um yeah i just never got into shinies i appreciate them and uh, i like how uh pokemon go has made them easier to get, especially on the community days. But they still haven't figured out a way to get the Pokemon Go mons over to Sword and Shield. When they yeah. do that, I'll be like, okay. Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah. That will really motivate me to play the Mon Go. Uh, I don't really want to talk too much about Did you play that game too much? I mean, I don't really want to talk a about it A little bit. Just I mean, it got there. addicting. I just, the people that still play that, it's like that, it's so tedious. It is tedious. You have to actually have the, I don't know, there's just too many annoying things about it. Um, but as far as, like, dude, uh, you know, I, you, I would say there's a lot of ups in this series. What would you say are some low points? What are some times where you're like, man? Um, Some of the stories, like, as of late, 
Some of the more recent stories are really corny. Okay, I will agree. I will say, actually, um, I think X and Y were a reach. Yeah. But that was the last one I was kind of invested in, but I was still annoyed by the amount of dialogue. Yeah. And then Sun and Moon story was terrible. It was dog shit. I literally clicked through every single freaking dialogue after initially, I didn't want to hear a single word out of the Hawaiian kid's mouth. Uh, and that's not derogatory. I'm talking about the kid in the game. He's li- it's literally based on Hawaii. Yeah, it's so, based on yeah. Hawaii. I just the, the, the people who have played the game know who I'm talking about. Um, but every single word out of this kid's mouth, I'm just like, stop talking. Yeah. And then even the fact that they had as much dialogue as they did, this the, they kind of corrected a little bit with Gen 8. It's not as dialogue-esque, but it's still a cheesy story. Um, and then also X and Y still has a, a relatively excessive amount of dialogue. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think most of our players don't want that. I agree. But luckily you can skip cinematics now. You How? can skip all that shit. Just go into the settings and you can turn on skip cinematics. I this is a game. I mean, this is a, I've been playing Pokemon for twenty years. I didn't even know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's really convenient. Uh, little things, little things. Absolutely. Um, but I think you know that there are some low points as far as the story goes. But as I'm reflecting on it, you know, this is just questions we have written down. Um, I, I don't really find that I, I can think of many. Yeah. Some of the villains, okay, so I can think of some. Uh Team Flare, dumb. Yeah. Stupid. Uh and then Team Skull. Yeah, Team Skull was lame. Fucking ch- cheese ball aholic. Just I didn't like that. But you know, overall I, I still really did. Um anyway, some other stuff we got written down. Uh dude, what are your favorite moves? Ooh, Hydro Pump comes to mind right away. I love Hydro Pump. Anything with five power points, you hey, know it's Hey, okay, that's, I mean, that, every single one I was going to say besides the move Psychic uh, is like a five power point one where I'm like, yes, that move is sick. Yep. Like yep. I was thinking Hyper Beam, um, uh, th- th- what's Thunder, which is a 10 one also. Um, any, uh, like, uh, Flamethrower. Uh, any of the really high power one type of Mon move, v- Vino Shock. Oh, Vino Shock's a good. Um, for the dark one, uh, there's a couple I can't think of off the top of my head. Close Combat for fighting. Yeah, Darkest Lariat. That one's uh, that's a it, good one. I mean, it's not a five power point move, but it's still badass. There's a lot. Mega Horn and X Scissor for Bug. Oh yeah, Mega Horn Heracross. Yep. I mean, there's just there's a handful of them that are in there that are are really really cool, and the the uh, animations for them are sick. Oh, blast burn back in the day was my favorite one, dude. Oh, for sure. Um, so speaking of like strategy and stuff like that, uh, or just like favorite moves, like if you could pick, if you if you were I, I, everybody who is into Mons have has thought about this, uh, if you could have your own uh, Pokemon, what Types would you choose? Now let's boil it down to like three or four. Um, fighting, psychic, uh, dark. Actually, scratch psychic. Fighting dark. It's tough. Yeah, it's tough. It definitely is fighting dark, water, and 
probably electric. For okay, me. I'm saying my mine for sure is electric. Um, electric definitely on that list. Poison is definitely on that list. Um, uh, I have a hard time drawing the distinction between rock and ground because a lot of them sometimes are combined. Um, but maybe rock in, in a certain sense. Uh, and then w- I'm tied between water and fire. Uh, I'm just thinking about my favorite mod. Sorry. Yeah, same. I know. It's it's hard to. I'm going to say the fourth. Oh, man. I'm going to commit. You committed. You committed. I'll commit. I'll say. Um, I'll say water. Yeah. Water's a good I'll type. say water. I mean, I know there's a a swimmer bias in there. Um, If there were more fire types, I might speak otherwise. Uh, I mean, I freaking love Charizard. I love Typhlosion. I love Ninetales and Arcanine. Um, There's a lot of cool, cool fire mods, but they're few and far between. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Poison was hard for me to cut out of there, too. Because I like, love Poison. Dude. Arbox, a Viper, mm-hmm. um, Toxicroak. There's a bunch of badass Poison. Koga. Koga's my favorite Koga. gym leader ever. One of my favorites, too. That's awesome that you said that. There weren't there weren't very many Pokemon ones. Yeah. Uh, sorry, not Pokemon. I apologize. I'm just looking at my list. Uh, not Pokemon ones. Um, uh, poison ones. Yeah. Not very many poison leaders. And at he's all. a ninja and he's badass. And yeah, Koga was fantastic. So um, outside of the reward system, what else would you say is like addicting about it? Oh, man. I don't know. I think I think the fact that there are so many different mediums for which you can interact with Pokemon, I think that is what makes it so addicting. Yeah, and I think that's part of what makes it so original, too. Yeah, is like, agreed. It has the TV. It has the cards. It has the game. It's so enveloping that like it doesn't matter uh, how you found your way into it. Once you find your way in, it hooks oh big time and like like i this is this is crazy but uh a good buddy of mine and i will still listen to the pokemon tcg game for game boy color we'll still listen to the soundtrack in the car together really yes yes like that is how like approachable like sober and everything oh 100 percent. yeah wow. i mean we're driving somewhere <laughs> yeah yeah never mind sorry i didn't say that <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah it was so we will kick back and we'll just have a nice little trip down memory lane that's awesome that is awesome the pokemon soundtrack in general i think we should i mean the songs themselves are are incredible. Like yes. they just the Pokemon Center song, the gym songs, the battle songs. I always find myself humming them like yeah. while I'm playing, like all the time. Yeah, it's 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 so good, and like I always loved. I have now that I've gotten into synths and synthesizers, I have such an appreciation for. Um, 8-bit and 16-bit and just that that kind of card-based uh, music. Um, anyways, dude, I do... There's a couple other things we definitely want to mention here before we're, before we're done for the night, and one of them is definitely uh, cards. So, like, how much of an avid card collector were you? 
Uh, I was a huge card collector. Did you play the game? Yeah, it's making a resurgence now too. I card think so. I think I think part of that is because of COVID. Yeah. Um. So now that you know the coronavirus is going around, I think families are looking for something to do, some way to interact and hang out and sort of have family things uh, that aren't necessarily video games, um, and also just the the constant sort of I don't want to say gambling nature of it but it's mm-hmm. addicting oh my god well see this is the thing this is the way that i think about it so there's a dopamine reward system when you play the game but that is virtual when you have a card and you open that up that's a tangible dopamine reward system and there's something about like one of my buddies is grossly addicted to magic the gathering and he loves opening the packs he actually loves opening pokemon packs today now he will buy a gen 1 pack for like four hundred dollars online yeah and he'll open it up and he knows exactly like okay i'll count one two three four five six seven and then here's the energy here's the uncommon here's another energy here's the big boy and That's he has disgusting. a method for which he opens them. He, he he even uses simulators online to open them. Like, he loves it that much. What? Yes. That's an addiction. That's a gambling addiction. Yeah. Because it is a gambling. That, yeah, that, it's it gambling. Is. So, and like, he, my wife and I have gotten bit by the bug a couple of times. Like, over, like, Christmas or Thanksgiving break when we're bored. Mm-hmm. We're like, okay, let's, like, get our Pokemon stuff going. Mm-hmm. We'll play a little bit. I think it's kind of boring because, and the reason for that, and I say that, is because my brother and I play Magic the Gathering. Mm -hmm. It's way better. Yeah, it is. It's so much more, like, dark. Yeah, and it's... It's like the big boy version of Pokemon. Oh, big time. It's so so technical, too. Yeah, I could go on. I appreciate Pokemon, but uh, I can't get into the cards as much anymore. But when I was younger, holy crap, dude. My parents used to use that for, like, motivators for... um, like chores, mm-hmm. like, okay, we'll buy you a pack of Pokemon cards. Yeah, um, even a booster pack. A bo- that's what I'm saying, like yeah. a pack, yeah. like just a little $3 package. Yeah, like, I never okay, got the like, decks. I only got booster packs. Nope, I never did either. And, uh, the well, part of it was because I didn't want a pre-made one, and part of it was because um, there were so many energies and so many other things, and I didn't actually start playing the game until mm-hmm. I was, like, in my 20s. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I didn't know how. I was. I would want to say I was too dumb. I just didn't care. Like, I just wanted to collect the cards when I was little. Same. I didn't Same. care about playing the game. I just wanted to have the mons. Yeah, exactly. It was, w- like, a physical way of collecting them in yeah, not not in the game. Yeah, again, it's that tangible manifestation of them. I remember you and I had talked at one point about um, the price. Of, okay, I mean, you mentioned the price of a Gen One pack is four hundred bucks. I'm pretty sure that's what he just spent on a Gen. So 1 I remember pack. you and I had a conversation at some point. Maybe it was the uh, you know the earlier trial uh, <laughs> of the old podcast, just going uh, conjecturing. We had mentioned that um, the OG. Charizard card. Mm-hmm. I think you told me it was like over eight hundred. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. And in different conditions, it can be multiple thousands of dollars. Yeah, I remember when that card was like a hundred and ten dollars. Um, and this was like at the beginning of the outbreak. Yeah. of Mons, and that was almost a pandemic. Like, oh yeah, it's a mental pandemic. Uh, but I remember the beginning of that outbreak and. 
we would go to this to Dragon's Lair. It's a local comic shop, and that was the only card that had the like over a hundred dollar price tag. And and I clearly remember my dad saying, "Anybody who pays for that is stupid. It's just <laughs> a card." And in my head, I'm like, "I want it, but it's a Charizard. <laughs> just look at it. Yeah, that is so true. Just look at it." That is oh so true. Oh my god! But yeah, I remember all the holographics clearly, very clearly. Same. Um, but damn, dude, yeah, I, that was a a really good talk on Pokemon. I will say the one more thing that I wanted to actually just touch on was um, how cool the villains are. Oh, like they god, they yeah. like the in order you know, you're always this hero, you're always this guy collecting Pokemon, but there's always like some kind of dark backdrop, some sort of, like, purpose. You're kind of a protagonist. Mm-hmm. And the antagonists, like, besides Team Flare and Team Skull, are, like, they're pretty cool. Yeah. Who are your favorite villains? Archie. Team Aqua leader. Oh, Archie. nice. The guy, he's, like, he's, he like, chaotic me. good. Because he's, like, I just want to save the seas. The, all, that's exactly how, um like, Gen 3 is, though. It's yeah. not as dark. It's yeah. more, like, oh, it's very, like, Polynesian. Yeah. Although the the team magma leader is a douchebag, mm-hmm. colossal douchebag, and Archie's like, nah, I don't like that guy. Archie's like a light side versus dark side. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I love Archie. He's awesome. I love the duality. Yeah. Like in Pokemon, so you got like the you know ruby and sapphire, red and blue, mm-hmm. and like light and dark, and you have black and white. A uh, diamond and pearl, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, red, blue, or I guess it was green and red in the past. But um, for the primary colors, you know, gold and silver. Yep, they just do such a cool job with X and Y. Yeah, like they, I just, I love it. I love it. The sun, only weird sun one, and moon. Yeah, the only sword weird shield. one was sword and shield. Yeah, where it's like kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, it's left hand, right hand kind of yeah. type thing, I yeah. guess. But um, and they wanted to do England. Yeah, um, exactly. I do love how in each generation it's like based off of a different like region. Yeah, it's so, like one and two is like Japan. Three is like is it Hawaii, Polynesia, something like that. Yeah, I would say it's like a Fiji, Pacific Island. Pacific Island. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Uh, four. I don't remember what four is supposed to be. I think it's supposed to be northern Japan. Like yeah, Sapporo. I, I think yeah, it's supposed to be yep. the island of Sapporo. If yep. I remember correct. Yep. I could be totally misremembering. Five is supposed to be New York City. Five is supposed to be America. Yeah, uh, black and white. Yep. Yep. And yep. six is France. Yes, obviously. Yeah, yeah it's really time. well done. The Eiffel Tower. It's in cool. It. Yeah, yeah, but they do a good like it feels European. Yeah, it does. Like, and the Mons are cool. Oh my god, uh, the Victorian castle and everything. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, all the art. It was the first 3D one. It was fantastic. Um, and then seven is Hawaii. And then eight is England. Yeah, I'm so, curious where they go next. I don't know. So. I've heard Canada. Ooh, I'd nine. be down for that. Like a nor, like a not Inuit, but like a nor, like a more snowy, wintry. Like that's what I've heard. That sounds I awesome. I There's so that. many pokey rumors. Yeah, yeah, there are big time. But um, my la- my final question, dude, is um, do, dude, obviously we think it's still cool. Do you think it's still cool in, like, the general population? Like, do you still think people, like, like, are you embarrassed to talk about it outside of hanging out around me? No. I mean, I'll talk about it. I own it. I mean, obviously, yeah. we're going to send it an episode to the yeah. world. Yeah. But. I am totally, I don't really get embarrassed, though. So, I guess it's not, it's kind of different for me. But, like, um, I do think when you bring up Pokemon, people who had played it in the past will probably think of, like, 
their own nostalgia. And at first they may have that gut reaction and being like, oh, you fucking geek. And then after that, it's like, wait a minute. I, I mean, my that. sister and my wife came down. They're like, you guys are nerds. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but we're cool nerds. We own it. That's exactly right. You know, I, uh, I'll i take Pokemon to my grave. I have been considering a Pokemon tattoo since I was 16 or 18. Damn. I just am so indecisive about what tattoo I want to get with regards to Pokemon. Oh, yeah. Like, it's that it holds that special of a place in my heart. But, you know, objectively speaking, whether or not it's still cool, maybe it's juvenile, maybe it's still cool among the younger generation, but I still think it wouldn't be the most popular grossing franchise of all time worth almost $100 billion mm-hmm. if it wasn't still cool. Yeah, exactly, exactly. They definitely still have some some uh, ground beneath their feet. So Damn. Well, dude, that, that I'm so happy we got to talk Mons. I mean, Same. that's kind of what I had to, to bring to the table tonight. Yeah. Um, I will say, like we told you folks, um, we this is the first of many Nostalgia Series episodes. I mean, there's, there's a lot of different things we want to talk about. And so if you guys have suggestions, please reach out to us. Uh, we have conjectureandlecture at gmail.com. We have a Facebook and Instagram at uh, with con- well, excuse me, you can find us at Conjecture and Lecture. And then one thing I also want to say is that if you guys are listening to us on a podcast uh, forum where you can leave reviews, please leave us some feedback. We'd love to hear about it. We'd love to hear your guys' thoughts and opinions and how we can uh, improve the the uh, listener experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So that said, you guys have a wonderful week. Hopefully, we uh, get another one episode out to you guys soon. Yeah, absolutely. All Take right. care. Peace out. Take care now. Bye-bye then.